And believe it or not, tacos. But like I told everybody earlier, it's your job review night. Um, yeah. It was a crazy, uh, crazy time. But then, then I always tell Dwayne from BBR, BBR ruined mini bike racing because straight up physics. Read about it and go to college. You can come and be on it. We're doing a TV show here, like live. All you need is a phone and a GoPro, and you can make a television show. Easy, easy with the eating, Trevor. Don't get don't get too excited. Just, you start sounding like my cat when my cat is just banging its teeth against the the bowl because it's so hungry it can't eat fast enough. <laughs> should be live everything should be working welcome to tech talk taco tuesday everybody uh trevor hunter welcome to the show uh thank you for having me yeah uh well no i kind of forced you into it. you probably didn't even expect this one tonight but it is it is it is important we do have some important stuff to discuss uh, like i told everybody earlier it's your job review night um Whew. yeah so i'm gonna go to the questions uh the questions let's see well it's probably my job review too i'm, I'm trying to get fired <laughs> uh let's see uh, it's at sand Sandor sandwiches 1623 this isn't specifically about you but he says george is great to keep jimmy on track with his scatterbrain thoughts you two work well together but i can't help but notice that george reminds me of the comedian Stephen Alexander Wright with his monotone voice. You should co-host more because you keep Jimmy moving forward and on tasks with the show. Thanks for the funny and informative content, 208 shows, and still haven't figured out the correct sound settings. Maybe by show 210. So this is a practice run, uh, Sam, Sam Door Sandwiches. And uh, George isn't here to, to 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 help me through it. Otherwise, I'd have him tell you a, a bedtime story in his nice monotone voice. Maybe tell you about motorcycles because that's what we're supposed to talk to talk about in this show. But um, uh, Trevor, does George keep me in line? Um, George does about as good as anyone can. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll give him that. Okay. Uh, and this is Lucky Nita Boba uh, says. Jesus, I think he's referring to me when he says that. Um, you guys are such asses. What about guys like me who are short and ride very hard technical stuff? Do you know how hard it is to ride over rocky steps like five miles of hell in Moab when you're five foot five inches? Typical learn how to ride bullshit. Why don't you raise the seat to 39 inches and ride technical single tracks? Uh, Trevor? I'm turning this over to you because it's in reference to a video you made about where you explained what happens to a motorcycle when you lower it. Um, did I, I think you were the one talking about it though, but you made the video. I made the video. Yeah. So it's, it's my fault. Right. So I'm blame I'm blaming you. I mean, obviously, um, Right. I mean, he called me Jesus and you don't really want to, <laughs> you don't want to, <laughs> you don't want to do that. But yeah, it was my voice in the video. I, I explained how, um, how it really, uh, affects the handling. And I mean, yeah, it can be done properly and you can do it, but you're, by doing that, you're going to lose it. 
lose something with uh, with the motorcycle. And unfortunately, <coughs> there's not enough there's there's not enough volume of small people or large people. <coughs> that tequila didn't do didn't help. So whoever whoever told me tequila helped is wrong. That's really good tequila though. They so it, there's not enough small people or large people to affect the motorcycle manufacturers to make different size motorcycles like they do bicycles, for instance. Correct? Um, yeah. Yes. So in that, they kind of and, – and the motorcycle is way more critical with the size and handling and everything like that because you're dealing with so much power. When you're only dealing with one human power – it's not a big deal. Yeah. When you start putting all this power into a, a chassis and then you start changing the, the the angles of the chassis, in other words, the wheelbase, the rake, the trail, all these things like this, it really does affect it. And you have to, you know, kind of understand this. So there's a there's a reluctance on my part, you know, since I'm perfect, by the way, thanks for calling me Jesus. Uh, there's a reluctance for me or other people that understand the way bikes handle and want to change them. And if you're, if you're really got short of the legs, you know, five, five, how, how tall are you, Trevor? Uh, five, seven on a good day. Five. Well then just say five, five and three quarters. Play with me here. <laughs> okay. So, cause you don't really stand up that time. You're, are you counting the hair on top of your head? That's BS. <laughs> cause you do, no. you, you do, you can get a pretty puffy little do up in the front, you know? No, no, that's straight, straight to the top of the head. Okay, straight to the top of the skull. Well, you do have a big brain, so um, I guess that's you got that going for you. Um, <laughs> it must have been from your mom's side. Uh, anyways, <laughs> so, so this, I mean, you you ride full size bikes and you don't lower your seats very much. Um, actually, I've been running tall seats more than anything on a lot of the bikes I've been riding lately. Which right, kind of. Counterintuitive, but and yeah, I'm I'm 5'10", which is you know eh, actually not anymore. I'm stretching it like kind of like you just did. I run tall seats on my adventure bikes, which are you know everybody complains about seat heights in this. Okay, so I've ridden five miles of hell, and 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 um, so I think. Well, I'll tell you what I really think in a minute. <laughs> I'm just gonna say something right now. <laughs> so I've ridden five miles of hell. And he said, "Get a thirty-nine inch seat bike, seat thirty-nine inch high seat bike." That's how tall my rally bike was. In fact, I think it was taller than thirty-nine. I think it might have been almost forty-one inches tall seat height. The the BMW twin cylinder bike, which I rode across Africa and uh, some places we were riding, were worse than single track trails as far as camel grass and sand dunes and crap. So I've done all the things you accuse Jesus of doing, uh, but the the real thing here is that there's nothing wrong with you lowering your bike. I think we kind of explained that the, maybe some of the reasons why not to do it. Yeah. And if you're a really good rider, you don't need to put your feet, you don't ride with your feet on the ground. I probably said that in the video. I didn't go back and look at the video. I was just happy. No, you, you, you definitely said that. Yeah. You don't ride with your feet on the ground. So how much time are you riding with your feet on the ground? And if you're a good rider, you know, which side you're, you're, you're falling over to. And so you put that foot down. And even if you're short, you know how to get your butt off the side of the seat a little bit and put a feet foot down. This is one thing we spent a lot of time teaching in the class because when you're, you become more aware of where your bike's going and when you're doing five miles of hell, 
you're going to get bounced around and ricocheted and stuff like that. But if you would just start out and balance as opposed to just sending it up something or at least know when you are or not in balance when you're riding, you're going to have to put your feet down a whole lot less. So um, I kind of disagree. And yes, I've, I ride stupid adventure bikes on really dumb things where I have the same sensations as you do when you're riding five miles of hell. I frankly, I think five miles of hell is kind of an easier trail in the grand scheme of trails because there's really good traction, really, really good traction. It's not like when you're riding, you know, really steep stuff with roots and rocks and stuff. And yeah, there's a couple little steps and you have to ride through some deep sand to get onto the rocks. But once you're on the rocks, it's bingo. I saw a good friend of mine, Radic, ride his KTM 890 through there. So, I mean, he's a man giant, but that doesn't that doesn't help my argument any. Uh, but you know what you should do? Yeah. If if this bike seat height is a problem, Yamaha makes an XT 250, <laughs> right, Trevor? Oh, they do. Yeah. And and not only are you going to race it in a National Heron Hound and ride it there and back and go camping and stuff. Not only are you going to do the 24-hour on it and the Big Bear tr- the trail ride, that one that everybody thinks is a race, <laughs> now you have to go ride the XT225. We're inviting um, Lucky Nita Boda to go riding with you on Five Miles of Hell on, a, on an XT. And he'll go through there, and he can put his feet down all day long, and then he'll tell us what he thinks about um, low seat heights, I think. <laughs> they, they also I Yamaha also makes a TTR125 which would be an awesome bike for going through there. And you know how I know? Because I rode an XR100 through a large portion of that, as well as I rode a Sherco uh, 125 trials bike, which is has a TTR125 motor in it also. So I, I have all these experiences and I, I, I feel your pain. And I, I did go look at his, I did go look at his, uh, his uh, video page and, and he had, I think he, he wasn't the one that had the video of the fat cat. But or the the TW two hundred or something like that, but uh, yeah. So there you go, Trevor. Uh, that's what you get for you know skewing my words. <laughs> skewing your words. <laughs> uh, I'll say like being a, a shorter rider, not kind of yeah, not really having the legs to put my keep myself up all the time. I've just come to the conclusion that my legs are kind of useless if I'm sitting on the seat. Anyway, so I just stand up as much as I can, and then if I fall, I just try to put my leg out if I can. But standing up a lot of the times helps prevent that need to put the leg down. Um, whereas if you're sitting down all the time, you're kind of floundering around. And so I don't know what you think of that, but well, yeah, once you once you sit down, you're putting your weight in a really bad part of the motorcycle. It's much better to be standing up because then your weight's on your foot pegs and all your weight should be on your feet. And then you have more net, net, more control over the motorcycle. Just, it's just straight up physics, read about it and go to college. Uh, but <laughs> the, 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 once you, once you sit down and when both of your feet come off the motorcycle, which indicates you don't even know which way you're falling off, you know, you, you've begun the crash when both your feet come off. He's easy with the eating, Trevor. Don't get don't get too excited. Just you, you start sounding like my cat when my cat is just banging its teeth against the the bowl because it's so hungry it can't eat fast enough. Um, you're you're as bad as Ricky Brabeck was on the show last day, just eating dinner, chomping away food. It's not Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, and my co-host chomps food. It's called it's called pay attention. Just starve for a little while. Actually, that's a good, that's a trending thing people are doing is starving themselves. You should get into this for a little bit. Um, yeah, but we're, we're racers. 
Uh, well, if I would have been doing it when I was your age, I'd probably have been done better. I think, I don't know. Don't, don't you watch the internet videos that tell you how to starve yourself and then live a better life, live longer yeah, or something so, like this. Uh, too much work. So, oh, <coughs> okay. Lucky Boba. Um, my five foot five and three quarter guy disagrees with you. Okay. <laughs> uh, Lawrence, uh, Lawrence Ketty, uh, 3563 says, let's get one thing straight first. Oh, this I know what this one is. Uh, now let's let's skip that one because it's a it goes political. <laughs> we don't we don't like to talk about the politics too much on here. Uh, got that one covered. Okay, here we go. Uh, the KTM has zero vibration to the point. To me, there is zero feel. This bike does not have excessive vibration. He's talking about the uh, Beta, and he says this guy. And he's talking about Trevor is a horrible mm -hmm. bike reviewer. <laughs> Utah Desert Racer 1806. Uh, so I I um I don't think Trevor's a horrible bike reviewer. Um because <clears throat> I will go to another video that 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 somebody commented on. And uh I'm trying to find that one. Okay, I'm going to, Utah Desert Racer continued. Um, he, he thought about it, then he re-edited his post, and then he said something else again. He said, wow, he basically <laughs> says the bike is horrible, and then at the end, he says the bike is super solid and fun to ride. Highly recommend this guy does not do reviews. Not a good bike <laughs> reviewer at all. Love you, Jimmy Lewis, but not, this guy, not so much. So, you, you're, do you know Utah Desert Racer? Do you know who this is? I do not. I wish I did, though. Did you, seems like a nice guy. No, I'll bet you you beat him at Vegas Torino like by disqualifying him or something like that. Did you do that? <laughs> do that to this poor guy? <laughs> uh, that, maybe that's that one guy. <laughs> that one guy. Yeah. Who, who knows? Uh, the good thing is you can always hide behind your internet thing. But you know he loves me, so he's okay. I'm gonna. I, I'll give him a break. Uh, well, you know Trevor's still young in his. And I'm talking to everybody else, not you, Trevor. Um, you know, he's, he's still young in his journalistic career, and he's still honing his skills on on doing these bike reviews. And sometimes, you know, you, he's he's trying to tell you exactly what he feels, but he doesn't want to bash on the bike where he he probably could. Like if he was sitting around the fire with his buddies, he would probably say a couple other things, but then he'd also say a couple nice things. You know, it's it's like you can pick it apart, but we're not doing the bike review for Trevor Hunter. We're doing the bike review for everybody. So you, you have to collectively mold in the, the, the things that you're feeling and then describe them. And yeah. I don't doubt for a minute that if you had either one of those bikes, the beta or the KTM, and you went on those on the, on that ride, you know, think about all the bikes that you, you have at your disposal, all the different ones, even the XT 250, like, that beta was probably on a scale of one to 10 up in the nines. One is top two bikes that are in my garage right now. One of the top two bikes that I could have taken on that ride. And the other one's probably the KTM. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause you got a bunch of race bikes in there. Yeah. And, and, and so you're saying that that beta is better than all of the race bikes that you personally built for yourself in your garage. For that particular kind of riding, yes. Yeah, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I just did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's okay. No, I it, and this it's the hard it's the hard part of doing this is is we're not we're not play uh, you know pandering to uh, advertisers because neither of those two yeah. companies advertise with us. 
just giving an honest review. And if we wanted to say that the bike was a pile of crap, you know, if for some reason we felt that for everybody out there, this bike was a pile of crap, we would probably say this bike is a pile of crap, but we're not saying that. In fact, we're talking about the XT250. You could go take that and you could have done the ride you did, correct? Absolutely. Not on a performance level in just being outside riding a dirt bike, having fun. How, How would the XT rate? Like mm. seven, seven and a half, eight. Um, kinda, if I if I could put some dirt tires on, not those street legal tires, oh, I would yeah. say it's a, I'd say an eight or a nine. I yeah, you, you're, you're you're still gonna it's a it's a good motorcycle. So, and the reason I'm asking Absolutely. that question is just to say, okay, you said this one's like high in the nines, and you could go yeah. out on a bike that has not nearly the performance. You know, that's why I said don't do it heavy on performance. You're just out having fun riding a dirt bike. It's it's capable. It'll get you there. It'll go there. Yeah, you're not going to be roosting up the hills. You're going to have to, you know, think about getting a good run up stuff and you're going to bottom the suspension out on the on the on the thing. But yeah. so a little bit of vibration in the grand scheme of things does not make a, a bad ride. And like I told you when 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 you when we were talking about this, because we do talk about the comments we get. Mm-hmm. I said, you were exactly right what you said. The beta does vibrate more than the KTM. It's noticeable when you ride them. Yeah. And then and then a couple other people kind of chimed in and said, Well, I was, you know, I was wondering what it was like compared to the Yamaha. Eh, beta and Yamaha, kind of the same. Uncounterbalanced two strokes. I would yeah. I would think that the Yamaha vibrates a little less, just the nature of, you know, they're it's just a kind of a tight the Yamaha's a really tight package. Just just feels yeah. tight. Um, uh, even I would say even, uh, yeah, maybe even more so than the KTM. It's kind of, a, it's weird, you know, steel frame, aluminum frame, uh, different kind of things, but, uh, okay. Uh, part of your job review is, um, you need to, uh, better explain what you're doing because, uh, well, I be damn, well, I be damn says, I don't understand your gearing setup. And he's talking about your YZ 450 FX. You added one. Okay. Tooth, you added one tooth to the front, which is equal to dropping two in the rear. Actually, it's kind of more like three, but anyways. Then added two to the rear. Yeah. Okay, if you say so. And then he does a little la- LOL. <laughs> like, yeah. So you <laughs> you changed your gearing without changing your gearing. Well, um, if I could use my phone right now, maybe you could do this while I'm babbling, as I usually do. You could do the gear rate. Yeah. So you could you could you know if you you did thirteen slash what was it thirteen. 48 and then the other one is 13 1350 and 1452 1350 1452 so so do the math somebody somebody maybe on the screen can do do the math because i think it's slightly different it's not yeah it's not it's not uh definitely not identical slightly different so what you did by doing this is putting the chain on bigger chain wheels is you it, it what it does is it frees up the suspension I don't, I don't, I got to go take a physics class for myself, you know, so I understand this stuff, (laughs) maybe go to college, Uh, but it frees up the suspension and that's what you were trying to accomplish with this, not change the gearing to get a different gear ratio. Correct. Yeah. The big, I think I said in the video, the biggest difference felt was in the handling of the bike 
there's a, there's a difference in the gear ratios and the power and everything, but the biggest difference and what I was aiming towards was in the handling device, not the power. Not the not the gear ratio. Deli- yeah. And, no. And did, did you do the math yet? Did you get me the 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 point? Um. So yeah. Uh, let's see. It is. The 1350 is 3.84, mm-hmm. and 1452 is 3.71. Do do just for my shits and giggles, do 14, uh, what was it? It was 14, 1451, you said? No. 1452. 52. Do 1453. I, that I was... It's really close to sock. Yeah, I know I, that. I know you can't get a fifty-three. Three. I have one. Three point seven eight. So it's like right in between stock. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, really yeah. It's really close. It's still. It's still lower. Yeah. That's it. That's that's actually surprising me. But it is. Yeah. It's usually one in the front is three in the rear, and it de- it depends on yeah. the, the different the as you start going up or down, it changes just a little bit. But and that's always been my math. So, um, well, I'll be damned. You learned something today because it's three teeth in the rear for every one in the front. So the gear ratio did change slightly, but that wasn't the net goal. We weren't trying, you know, yeah. Trevor wasn't trying to change it. And and so the only thing I'm going to agree with him on here, um, part of your job review, is that you should have said that <laughs> right away. I changed the gearing to change the way the suspension worked and then explained because these people with I think t- I did that. Yeah, you took a little. No, while. I had to. I had to go look just so I could make my point and then criticize you a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I think. Yeah. I think that that everybody's attention span right now is thirty seconds, and if he does videos like I do, he just skips through, and he probably heard you say you changed the suspension or changed the gearing, and then and then mute, mute it out for you know. His kids was probably yanking at his coattails or his wife was yelling at him or girlfriend was, you know, texting someone he sh- shouldn't have been. You know, this is what happens when you're on the on the YouTubes all the time. Yeah, they're 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 also doing something on their phone. Uh, but yeah, so so that's that's what it is. That's a I think that's a de- demerit on your job review, Trevor. I'll take it. I don't know how many more I can get before I get fired, but uh, you're you're trying to collect them. You didn't. You didn't do, do any job interviews with other magazines today, did you? Maybe not today. Maybe yesterday. Not, <laughs> not today. <laughs> uh, and and so I want to see. Okay, so this is this is a per, on air performance job review. I want to know how you would answer Husky Knox number one, and he says the beta website says the two fifty is oil injected, but the three hundred is not. The website states the three hundred RR is premix. Hmm. <laughs> um, well, one, this bike has an oil tank on it. Right. And then two, uh, I saw that comment and just to reaffirm myself, you know, the bike didn't blow up on our first ride. So that's, that's a good sign. But, uh, and you were pouring, you and you were pouring straight, you were pouring straight gas into it. Yeah. Okay. And Rodney Smith confirmed that, uh, that 300 RR is oil injected. But I believe the the race edition models are still premix. So so in the past they have been. So this is where I was going to go. I'm like, you're just clicking around on the website, looking at different things, and you saw the standard 250. Now, is it is is since ours has the sack suspension and the oil injection, is it an RR? Or it's an it- RR, but the 
the race edition is the one with the KYB suspension right. and, 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 and yeah. no and no oil injection. Yeah, yeah. So so that's is that called an RRRR? An RR RR race edition. Race edition. RRRE. I guess. R-R- okay. Yeah. Cause that, that's what I thought. I thought he was, I mean, you're just looking at the wrong, the wrong bike. There's beta does yeah. make it's, it's almost like KTM used to be where they have 10 different versions of everything. Hey, if you, if you yes. start, if you start hitting those plates a little bit better, you know, it might, it might sound like the Jamaican guys that are playing those tin pans. <laughs> We're going for a different aesthetic this morning, tonight, Jimmy. Got it. Uh, <laughs> and then, and then, uh, soils, Man adv- ADV6673 says, drop your needle in the carb one notch and the bike will ride better and the fuel usage will drop a ton. Do, do you know this, Trevor? I did not, but maybe we'll try that. I, I, I totally agree with him, except the bike will ride better. So this is starting to sound like this guy has a secret that he can make the suspension work better with a needle clip adjustment. <laughs> Maybe the the mass centralization will be better like that. I I didn't think about that, but that could that, that clip I can see that it's getting closer to the yep. center of the motorcycle, but it is raising the needle yep. up and it's raising the heavier part of the needle up higher inside the carburetor, so it might mm. be it might be a net loss. Mm. You really got to you really got to be careful with this stuff. By the way. Hey, uh, Ron Wilder says, stop your whining. I'm 6'4". I look like a grown man riding his kid's BMX bike. They don't make shit that fits me, but all I hear are these midgets. Uh, it, it's like, God, complaining about tall seat height. You don't ride with your feet on the ground. Uh, he references uh, Meg's Brap, who's a girl that uh, rides with her sleeves rolled up or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh she's probably taller than you, Trevor. So, you know, she just looks small in the bike. Uh Gronk VBS, uh what did he say? What did he say his name meant? We were picking on him last show. Uh Gronk VB uh, VBS. Don't remember. But yeah, Mastaquila por favor. Uh low seat height on low seat I can increase height you need to stand up. AAK your ass up for long rides for several days. Uh, that hammers your knees and burnt more energy. So have you ever ridden a um, lowered subframe bike, Trevor? I have not. I've always wanted to try it. It, it, it. Especially for smaller guys like you, That you know, when you start getting back and then the bike kind of bucks, you know, and you should never get back there, but it happens, you know, something goes wrong. Um, Trevor sounds loud and Jimbo sounds low. Okay. I, I'll give it a little kick, a little boost here. Um, Great info. Enjoying the live stream. John Cobb. So John Cobb was one of my bosses back in the Dirt Rider days. That's uh, that's amazing. Luckily, he didn't hear the first part of the show because then he would tell me probably – he'd probably tell me in private because he's a really good businessman what he really thought of my <laughs> uh, my not prior preparation uh, and an ensuing piss-poor performance. Uh, Steve C. says, I'm 5'8 and lowered my KLR an inch for a few months until I was balanced with it. Then I just put it back to stock. Uh, and then Skeksy XC says, Utah guy is a twat. Okay, guys. Uh, <laughs> Utah guy wants to talk to the manager. <laughs> oh, boy. You guys, are, you guys are being... It's not, it's like I can be the host of the show and pick everybody because you get to see my face and stuff like that. But let's be, let's kind of keep the chat nice tonight. 
I mean, pick on the pick, <laughs> pick on Trevor. His job review is up, and we're trying to figure out whether we want to keep him around here. Uh, Gronk. <laughs> sounds like sounds like your dad's around. Uh, a low bike, low COG is not as stable in technical terrain. It gives a new rider confidence, but hinders an advanced rider. You stand up to raise the COG center of gravity and slow down the roll rate of the bike. This is correct. Think of the balancing as a short stick on the tip of your finger versus balancing a broomstick. The broomsticks has much higher center of gravity and therefore is much easier to balance. So actually, uh, Gronk, good, good explanation, good explaining of it. But what you're actually changing is, believe it or not, and take this from a guy who, uh, you know, I, I went to communication arts. Um, it's called polar moment of inertia is what you're changing by sitting and standing. So it's a little bit different. Um, and it does have something to do with that kind of the kind of broomstick uh, display. But since the bike is actually fixed to the ground, uh, technically to a certain amount with the tires based on traction, there's a lot of things going on there that uh, I can no longer explain. I would need to pull out a whiteboard board and start drawing graphs and charts that would be inaccurate. And then every physicist from here to Australia would come and tell me that I'm a complete idiot. So with that, I will digress. Uh, Gronk agree. One area, a low is better in a power slide. Correct. Speed corning, squaring a corner, et cetera. But um, we agree with you. So good. Now, now that now everybody's being nice. In the chat, Trevor, we've, we've calmed calm them down. Uh, Steve C, the problems with us vertically challenged people, and by that he means midget, um, have with tall bikes is riding around town and sliding your ass off the seat at stoplights. Chick repulsion technique. I don't know. I know there's some girls that like short dudes. I've seen, seen that before. I, I can tell them how to fix it. The The... The sliding off the bike to put your foot down? Yeah. What do you do? Buy an XT250. Oh, Yamaha, proud <laughs> sponsor of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Uh, actually, in this, in this, I'm going to, we're going to hear in a little while when, when I get done beating up on Trevor, um, we are going to have a, an interview with Michael Ulrich, who's the press manager uh, for Yamaha. Has a real interesting story. Um, he was out at uh, yep. the ride day with us. It was uh, it was pretty cool. Trevor even stuck around to listen to it, and, and we both know Mike, and it was interesting to hear his take because he has a long history in testing. And if you think that this is just a advertiser BJ, you are absolutely wrong, because uh, Yamaha does support the show, and we like to thank them for that. And I I, I threw a couple plugs in there while I was talking to Mike because he wasn't he wasn't plugging you know Yamaha enough. I had to mm -hmm. I had to kind of throw some stuff in there. Fired. Valley Bomb Squad is what VBS stands for. He's, I think he's up in uh, up in Canada, if I remember correctly. Okay, we got a we got a real question here. John Bailey, 2007 Honda Sierra 450X starts and runs perfect with Kickstarter, but won't start with the button. Has a 480 kit on it. New high output lithium battery cranks over good. Is this the stator? Um. Well, if okay, so if it it will kickstart cold. And run perfect. It, it does it kickstart right away, or do you kind of have to give it a lot of kicks and a lot of button, both? Because I'm going with uh, your intake valves are tight, and and that's what's causing it not to start very good. And sometimes, 
you know, if you got a 4E on it, it probably has a little bit more compression and Honda builds those things kind of, you know, at the limit to a certain extent. So that starter might not be able to crank that piston over the speed it needs to go. So, um, and maybe the decomp on the cam isn't functioning correctly. Uh, and I've seen on some of those bikes very rarely, but I have seen the starters start, start to go bad in that they get really dirty inside and they just don't have the cranking that they used to, no, regardless of the battery. So, um, John, check the, let me know whether it starts, does it start cold easily? Uh, and then <clears throat> that might, uh, uh, delete midget, add vertically challenged. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and a sketchy XC says, uh, Trevor's going for that sweet dishwashing gig. Yeah. I can hear him practicing in the background. <laughs> Actually, maybe that's what he's doing to make money. <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay. G whiz says, I just had my first TPI issue. Well, no exclusive to TBI, but all FI, my plastic Mel Meller. Uh, in-tank fuel filter was leaking a lot of pressure. Taco Mo Moto hooked me up with a Wix filter. Okay, so this is kind of a known a known issue. So, gee whiz, I would be curious to ask you, how long have you had the bike? Like, how many hours on it? Uh, and and when you took that filter out, what what did it? Where did it say it was made? <laughs> because if it says it was made in Austria, I'd be really surprised. If it says it made in Turkey, uh, you got a turkey. Because <laughs> the only ones I've seen fail uh, say made in Turkey uh, right on it. Radar ADV says, great review of the XT. We put a seat concepts high seat on it. No, it goes yeah. anywhere. <laughs> Not fast, but fun. See, Radar is just being mean to our friend. Um, I forget his name already, but our friend uh, Lucky Nita Boots. Uh, so... Yeah. Let's see. Sawyer Llewellyn, let's hear your thoughts about the recently flamed Flying Dutchman from the Baja. Famed Flying Dutchman. Trevor, you sent me a, a link I, to this and yeah. you, you said we should get him on the show. Did yeah. did you did you uh, reach out to his people? Did you contact his agent and see if he could come on? I did not. That's another ding on my job review, I guess, but I did I, not. I know. I actually, I, I talked to our producer, our show producer and the executive director. And although we, you know, we kind of trying to ban uh, Dutch people from the show said, maybe this guy since, cause he claimed Australia. Uh, yeah, but we'd, uh, we'd, uh, we, we could bring him on. So get us a contact. I'd like to, that guy's got a screw loose. <laughs> but, oh, oh more. but i no, i love the i love the tenacity of the guy to you know to ride down there i think he kind of did his, i didn't really get the whole story but it looked like he this kid flew him and his buddy flew into san diego bought a ktm 500 that was kind of set up to go riding in baja well he went riding in baja he rode down the peninsula i think he did some pre-run on the way down Bought a set of tires, or got a set of tires and mooses, threw it on there, duct taped some numbers on, turned around and raced the Baja 1000 Ironman back. I I want to hear what he thinks of trophy trucks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. John Bailey says, new stainless steel valves in his Honda 450. Clearance is perfect, and it starts cold. So I'm going to, um, 
Uh, and Gee Whiz says, 55 hours made in Turkey. Yep, you got your 55 hours out of that turkey. <laughs> so back to, <laughs> back to the Honda 450. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go with, I suspect that has a little bit higher compression, you know, cause it, like the, the hard starting sometimes is just the, my first go-to on, on older four strokes is the valves. You know, you don't have a good seat valves are tight and they're, they're letting some air through there. Uh, but that wouldn't, it's kind of like, that's why I was thinking it just, it's just not spinning fast enough in the starter, but if it, if it kicks and it starts, I'm going to go either there's too much compression, it's overwhelming the starter, or the actual the actual electric starter is um, not in good shape. You can take them apart. They, you can you can pull them out and take them apart and kind of check them. And sometimes the contacts on those uh, you know get a little get a little worn out. There's lots of little things that that'll make uh, different. But uh, um, and uh, Megs has classes for her vertically challenged riders. Uh, I I I do classes so i don't really want to talk about anybody else that does um off-road riding schools because mine is clearly the most superior <laughs> off-road uh riding school known to man uh we don't do classes that often but when we do we uh elevate everybody we turn everybody into a better rider just like it says on the t-shirt so um anyways uh i'm sure meg does good but i see way too much what i call sending it in that in that particular uh, <laughs> operations. There's a lot of sending it going on, but just watch your videos from two years ago and, and look at the improvement. That's what's cool is to see that she has become a much uh, more technical sound rider. Uh, and I don't see a whole lot of them, but I just noticed that when I first watched them, when, when they were kind of, when she was getting a lot of popularity, uh, because someone uh, t told me, somebody goes, Hey, you got to see this chick. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm, I'm watching what I think are going to be broken legs and broken collarbones and broken boobs, all those things, just <laughs> sending it. And I'm like, wow. Uh, she ride like, she rides like a little dude, kind of, you know, kind of like, yeah, a little dude, <laughs> but no, much better now. It's awesome to see. Go do an extreme, go do some, uh, go do some more of the extreme enduros. <laughs> uh, uh yeah, King of the King of the Motos is coming up. Everybody's asking me if I'm going to do King of the Motos. No, <laughs> that, would, that would require training, and uh, I'm I'm currently in a state. I'm in a uh, what do you what do you call it? A taper, Trevor? Taper, yeah, yeah. I'm doing a taper for the big build. For I'm tapering off so that I can just uh, dig a hole. And uh, let's see. Oh, Mark Deshane says Fististics just interviewed 741X this afternoon. Uh, you can get some good info there. Thanks, Mark. Let it let us uh, for letting us know. So, anyways, go over to the Fististics, which is kind of like a trophy truck desert racing thing, but they do kind of do some bike coverage. And if I mean that kid got a lot of uh, internet attention, so um, all good. I think he's up like twenty thousand Instagram followers. That's it. Race. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah. Good. that's pretty good for doing a Baja, a Baja yeah. thing. Well, you know, well, the thing is next week, he's probably going to start his own podcast and then, and then he'll be testing motorcycles. Then people are going to be sending him free products and then he'll just be like the rest of us, just completely, uh, stilted and say whatever, whatever product you get for free. By the way, um, I wish I had my bulletproof designs. I got one of their new billet throttle housings. Have you seen that yet, Trevor? Uh, I've seen, they used to have them for the older KTMs too, right? Uh, yeah, they have so they have them for uh, yeah. now Yamahas and and different bikes, but they're it's a billet uh, throttle housing, uh, super super solid. I think it's for the Yamaha. I, I got a whole box of parts for the Yamaha today, and I 
but he might have said we only have that for the KTM. But I might be talking. Do you know that they make complete wheel sets for for KTMs? Yeah, they've probably a couple. When I was working for them, doing their stuff, they had they had just come out with them. So right in a couple of years now that they've had them. I don't know if I've never seen or heard of any around them, but they look good. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, they, I mean, you think about it, like that's one of the weak spots on your bike if you're going to start protecting stuff. Um, you know, radiators, of course. Um, uh, rear disc guard is something good. To, you know, I'm not not too big on the front disc guard because, you know, it affects, <laughs> affects the handling. And it throws the, <laughs> throws the center of gravity off, as we were talking about earlier. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the Bulletproof Designs has a lot of stuff for Yamahas and all the stuff for the new KTMs, Huskies, and gas gases if you're looking for some stuff. Tell them Dirt Bike Test sent you. Because uh, Trevor's about to renegotiate our, uh, our our deal with them, and we want to make sure that they're all on board again. Because I got to figure out how to pay Trevor uh, if the severance the severance package when I you know, when his yeah. job interview doesn't go too too well. Okay, uh, let's see. Woods Rider One Seventeen sounds like a regular beta first impression video. Yeah, the tires are a thing to change for where you ride. I really don't care about vibration. Sounds like me. I like a carb and a kicker option. That's not me. The suspension <laughs> with sacks has been great after break-in and basic setup with springs for weight, etc. That sounds like me. I want a carb. That's not me. I do not want FI. I'm going to cross that line out. I don't even want oil injection. Oh, man, now he's going down the wrong road. Uh, he says, mixed <laughs> gas, thanks. Uh, just an initial video ride anyways. As if any of the opinions that I just expressed are ever going to change. <laughs> <laughs> At least he knows. <laughs> hey, go back go back to the first year that Beta put the oil injection on that bike. And, and frankly, I was a little skeptical, but I said, what the heck? Especially because I brought it out here and I like did desert racing speeds with it. I'm like going, eh, I can probably get it to lock up. Nope. And then we, I go trail riding and lugging it and lugging it, you know, where usually there'd be sh- shit coming out of the muffler and all this stuff. And then when you get on the gas, it's crisp and responsive, like a fuel-injected bike, even though it has a carburetor. It's they just I actually think that their oil injection is better than KTM's. I think it, it actually meters it better. Um, I'll ask you this. Is there any stuff coming out of either of the mufflers on those two bikes? No, nothing yet. Nothing yet. Not on the not on the KTM. No. No. Okay. Yeah, I'm. 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 Uh, I, I've always thought that Beta did a really, really good job on that. And then the KTM, I think they've they've started richening richening them up a little bit. Uh, you know, putting a little bit more oil and I believe even maybe a little bit more fuel into the uh, into the mix. I don't know for sure, but I know they're always updating updating stuff. But there was definitely a batch of KTM's that were pretty. Yeah, I would say you know conservatively rich on the on the oil but uh the the throttle response in that beta is not bad for a carbureted bike no i thought it was pretty good yeah do do the needle thing and not for not for the handling effect for the especially when you're going up to the altitude you guys are riding at like if you're down in the desert where you're going to ride out in a couple days don't change the needle but if you come up if you come up and ride with me needle change for sure yeah yeah, even when it even when it gets really cold, that that needle change is still um, still pretty good. So uh, here's here's one for you, Trevor. You'll never believe this. This is on our XT video. I'm new to the whole sport. 
I'll say this XT makes me feel like I've been doing it for a while. What a machine. Unsolicited Yamaha positive comment. Just like to say that. And that, that video has more views than some of our motocross bike videos. Than, than most of our motocross bike videos. <laughs> yeah, it may be even some of them combined. Uh, yeah. On to that, uh, to that note, there's another question. Uh, this this comes from uh, Doug McGill's, McGill's 94, 9294. says, love your guys' content and always well-rounded perspective. <clears throat> that being said, I wish you guys would take the quality of your videos a little more seriously. Invest in a camera, lighting, tripod, good microphone, editing. After watching MXA, Racer X, Vital, SML videos on the KX, the difference is real. Let's level up. <laughs> well, um, I you know what you know I I did respond to this guy Trevor. Uh -huh. I, I responded to him. He, by the way, his video channel has absolutely um, zero videos and, and no, <laughs> no videos there. So I said, I said, I wish you would get an iPhone and make a video. <laughs> <laughs> then we can compare notes. <laughs> uh, but, I, you know, I mean, hey, if you live in a glass house, got to be careful about throwing some stones, right, Trevor? Yep, yep. I thought our video was shitty quality too, as a matter of fact. <laughs> but listen, here's the here's the thing. If you want flashy videos with substandard information, watch the ones yep. he just listed. If you want to know, you know why they had flashy videos? And and I'm not and I'm not being mean here because I'm actually mean most of the time, but not here. Um let's see, one, one, two, two uh two of the editors of the other magazines. The, the guys that he just mentioned, two of those guys, their, their main guys that were giving the opinions did not ride the bike, period. Okay? They had a test rider who was well coached up on what he was supposed to say before he rode the bike, one of them specifically. Okay? That, that, wouldn't, that wouldn't be MXA, but whatever. Um, uh, Racer X, probably what? Kiefer did the video on Racer X? Yeah, probably. Yeah, Kiefer's good. He's solid. Um, yep. you know, he, he definitely has an opinion and, uh, you know, for whatever it is, uh, uh, I bag on Kiefer in the, in the video I'm going to play in a little while. I'm pretty sure I call it Kiefer half or something <laughs> like that. He, I, I, you know what, uh, like I said, I like Chris, nice guy. I joke with him all the time. He used to test ride for us at dirt rider back in the day. Um, and, uh, he claimed that he rode more than any other motorcycle journalist. I heard him say this. Uh oh! Actually, a few people pointed it out to me. They're like, "Do you think he really rides more than you?" And I'm like, "Around a motocross track, on some days, you know, maybe the days I'm not at the motocross track, but I've I've rarely seen. Actually, at the KX intro was the first time I've ever seen him on the bike longer than me, after me, whatever. And he was just riding around the parking lot. I mean, they were actually doing turns in the parking lot, and he was actually doing some." For him, like, I mean, he was doing some, I'm pretty sure he was really trying to feel the turn-in character of the KX, trying to, you know, figure it out, which is good on him. That was good. So, yeah, Kiefer does mm -hmm. Kiefer does a good job, and especially when he wants to, he does a great job. Uh, Vital, yeah, Lindsay, Michael, that was there riding the bike, they had some guys riding the bike. 
uh, Swap Moto. I, I didn't see Don riding. So these guys are. You missed two other guys that I saw shooting videos, and one of the other guys had the video. They were shooting the video and talking about the bike in the morning before anybody <laughs> had ridden it. They were saying what they, they 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 said. Yeah, we just got done with the bike, and then they started listing some stuff off because the bike had been released. Okay, the bike is out, and obviously they'd heard something, or maybe I maybe they'd ridden it before, but I don't know. But they were talking mm-hmm. like they were riding it, and what they were saying didn't match what I thought I felt on the bike. And uh, so on to this one, uh, the second thing, and I'll just uh, probably can't see this right now. I'm patting myself on the back. Uh, Dano uh, 8859 says, Jimmy always has a good insight on bike tests. So I, I thanked him yeah, publicly. I'm doing it again. Um you know what I have is experience. And, and I think there's a few people out there that trust me because I'm not afraid to say it like it is. Hence, Vintage Trikes and Quads 4012 says, I've u- viewed about five of these reviews so far, and a lot of them are making the same comments, most of them positive, so they seem pretty reliable. What's weird is when you get wildly different reviews and you don't know what to believe. Sounds skeptical, doesn't he? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I I guess he's doing his homework by watching five of the reviews. I watched watched like one and a half. I saw two or three of them being done in live. And and, uh, (laughs) sometimes I wonder if they, they just go... You, you, you sit down and you go, hi, this is Jimmy Lewis, Dirt Bike Test. Today I'm riding the XYZ 450. And man, let me tell you, I think this bike is a kick-ass bike because it's got all the power in the world. Handles like a dream. Okay, take two. Hi, this is Jimmy Lewis with Dirt Bike Test Magazine. And I'm riding the XYZ 450. And you know, I'm a little disappointed today because the power was a little bit soft. It just didn't kind of do it. And the handling, they they, they could have done a little bit better. And then, okay, got those? Got it. Okay, good. And then you, you go back. <laughs> <laughs> and, and first first you go and you look did did, uh, did XYZ sponsor our podcast Trevor no no that's Yamaha so can't say anything good about that thing uh, run run take two <laughs> yeah uh, you yeah. Be, you'd better get good at washing those dishes <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so um, let's see I think I think that's that's it. I'll I'll, I'll just uh, did anybody else beat you up on this thing? No, that's the political one. Um, no, we did that one. Anyways, WR four fifty, great review. I have a pretty modded, maintained, updated two thousand three, and really wonder what I'm missing with twenty Ooh. years of advancement. It would be neat to see these two side by side and do a comparison. Well, I I will invite you out. Pud blower, pud p dub boner. I don't know p uh, p dub boner, something like that. Anyways, um, yeah, you come out there. Uh, and then Wiley o seven one four says, why is he doing a self review with quotes around it? Who does a review on a bike after they rip off the exhaust, tweaks, mods, etc.? He says FX 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 tuning app yap, and and he has dots, which means yap yap yap, which is 
I, lucky, lucky Wiley hasn't seen this show, huh? <laughs> um, so, oh, what I said back and, and is that <clears throat> we test the bike the way we feel our viewers are going to ride it and use it. You unfortunately think our entire viewership is in the Western United States racing uh, big six Grand Prix and, and uh, um, best in the desert races. Uh, we're, we're trying to broaden your horizon. You did go do a GNCC where you sandbagged and uh, uh, didn't do very well. You know, no. You're supposed to be winning those. If you're sandbagging, you're supposed to be just to get the trophies, Trevor. Uh, but uh, I was on the wrong bike. But yeah. So the the quote self review. Um, I didn't actually review myself. I, I should I should do that. I should do a test of myself one of these days. Um, that I'd be really into that because I mean, think about it. I get to talk about myself a little bit, which I hate doing, but I would do it for for this guy. The 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 mods that we did to the bike were to address concerns that we had to make the motorcycle perform better. And the Yamaha WR, to nobody's surprise, comes very very corked up because it's it's meant to be. Um, a trail legal bike. So in other words, it has to be a certain sound level and it has to, and all that sound is based on horsepower and RPM and all these things. So it's restricted to pass those tests because the bike is sold worldwide in a lot of different configurations. Like it's sold in Australia where it has to meet certain standards and it's sold in Europe where it has to meet certain standards. So they kind of sell it here like that. In fact, they can't even sell it in California because California has too many standards for, for this bike. So we, I've ridden a stock WR. It's not pretty. A stock WR450 probably makes as much power as XT250, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. Because XT250, you can go wide open on, right? Yeah. It's, I mean, at least when, when we picked it up, it was ready to ride right out of the gate. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. So. so. But anyways, it's it's not not much. But we all know this, and the people that own Yamahas know that that's a thing, and they're they're ready to do this. So that's that's what I did. And th this is the guy that had the TW two hundred. So he's a Yamaha guy, um, but he's not happy that I uh, that I modded the bike. But I explained how I did it step by step. I explained why I did each thing. And guess what I'm doing? I'm doing more mods still because now I'm turning it into the bike that I really wish it could be and explaining why I'm doing it and educating people on, you know, what different mods do and which directions I go, which is always the same. I use fast company flex handlebars on almost every bike that I ride. Trevor, do you know this? I, I def fast company flex handlebars, it's got steering stabilizer, right? Those are on almost yep. every single one of my bikes. It's been like that for, whew, I don't want to say 20 years, but it's been over 20 years. So long time. Mm -mm -mm. and i'll have a sip of tequila to those two companies thank you for supporting tech talk taco tuesday call up cole at fast company and tell him you want mountain bike handlebars and i'm saying that to you trevor um yeah you should get some mountain bike bars really game changing on especially on the wrists don't ruin your wrists like i did um save them when you have them <laughs> i'll try okay uh this one I have a pretty good deal on a brand new 2022 KX450X. On terms of pure reliability, the Yamaha 450FX or the CF450RX, which are, which is better? Oh boy! <clears throat> so I'll say this because we've had the 23 KX450X, which is the same thing, 
and uh, 23 CRF 450RX over mm-hmm. the last year. And uh, the Honda, we have the hour meters at 90, 92 hours. And I put that on late. I didn't put that on right away. So the bike probably has 110 hours on it. Right. And it's pretty amazing. You rode a bike, Jamie. It's pretty amazing at how tight everything feels on that bike still. Like right. motor, chassis, everything just feels really, really solid on that Honda. Correct. Yeah. And then the Cowie, while we really haven't had any issues with it, it definitely at it has like just under 90 hours. Mm-hmm. It definitely feels more worn in. Is, is, that, is, looser. That, is that the bike that got the big desert cartwheel? It is. <laughs> okay. So it was funny because when I was riding that thing, I, I was, I was, I, I could tell it's not perfectly straight. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. 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 It's not, it's not perfectly straight. Um, it's a little, it's a little, it is, there's a little cattywampus to it just a little bit, but not, not, not a lot. But, but I think overall, I think some of the, some of what you're feeling is that, but I would, I would yeah. say, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't feel as tight. Um, and you're talking about guys, you know, guys here that spend a lot of time in these bikes. Those bikes were ridden really hard. really hard and by a lot of different people and uh, most of them didn't care about the bike because it wasn't theirs it's not even ours uh and then and then on on the yamahas uh because i have i have a fair amount of time on uh yz450 fx also i would say it's right there on par with the with the honda and i've always said this that the the three bikes the three brands that that really really hold up and it's it's cha- it's always changing just a little bit. They always kind of flow like there's good years and bad years and 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 but just overall Hondas, KTM brands and Yamahas kind of are yeah. my three on the top and then the Kawasaki's and the Suzuki's are just a little bit behind. If we put them on a scale of 1 to 100, if we're putting the all those three at 97, the other ones are at 95. So they're, yeah. they're way, they're way, way up there. It's not down into the, you know, when, when, you know, in the old days when like things would crack, frames would crack and break and, and you'd have to get things welded, bolts would strip out. It's, <laughs> it's not like that. Although we were trying to recross thread a seat bolt on the Kawasaki, correct? Yeah, we did have that problem. We, yes. We were recross threading it, by the way. And we, we tried to do a video <laughs> on it. Did, did you ever put that up there in our tech tip section uh, that you're working I on? I didn't, but that's, I'm going to. That's on your that's on your thing? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, that can happen on anything. And it's usually, it, it was just, we put the bolt in a little too quick and got it started and and uh, and kept turning. And when we should have stopped and realigned it. <laughs> it was, and we weren't using power tools, by the way. But that could have happened. Nope. That could have happened on anything. But I'll tell you, again, it's, it's higher. It's higher percentages you think. And I, and I don't know if how many years it's I always say, how many years are you going to keep the bike? If you're going to keep it more than three, cause I think three years of, of pretty good, pretty good use, you know, will, will kind of tell you that's when I think that the quality thing really starts setting in. And what it is, is you're going to get another year or two without having to do much to, to the, to those three brands that I talked about where the other ones you're going to probably want to kind of at that point, really frame the bike, you know, you know, really take it apart, check, check out the nuts and bolts and the seals on the, on the swing arms and all the things like that, where the other ones are going to get two more years of time. And then at that point it's game on, you know, at that point you've, you've kind of time and, and use will, will take their toll on anything at that point. 
that's my that's my take. So yeah, I agree. Um, we had and there was a couple other there's a couple other uh, questions that we had that were kind of the similar, you know, the similar thing. Like, what do you you know what do you uh, feel? Here's 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 one. Um, he's talking about a KTM 350 that we did a test on. He commented on one of our videos. I just bought a KTM 350 with 190 hours on it. I don't think it's ever had a top end done. It sounds sweet, even though KTM says it should have a new piston every 80 hours, which costs about 430 pounds here in the UK. Well, you should get something that's a little lighter weight because like 430 pounds is a lot for a piston. <laughs> but anyways, uh it, and that's for the UK dealer to do it. Is this really necessary? The answer is, so the bike that you see in that test, I still have it. It now has 350 hours on it. And I have another one that's south of 500. I want to say it could be closer to seven. I don't know because the hour meter broke and I just didn't change it. Uh, I've never had the top end off on a KTM 350. Never. And I think I adjusted the valves on the on the 500 hour one once. So... um yeah. Uh, bikes are good these days. Keep the air filter clean, change the oil regularly, and uh, and don't over-rev it, and they'll last a long time. Do any of those three things wrong, and then when it goes bad, go to the internet and take pictures and tell everybody how bad it is. So yeah. um, let's see. Um, there's lots of, uh, lots of stuff. Dirt Bike says, hi, Jimmy. It's me, Todd Kelly. On my other name, I have the Cove and installed the Recluse like all of my bikes. I set it up to the Jimmy spec with the slow engagement springs. However, the Cove, the throttle is not crisp off the bottom. And like you said, it kind of gets lost until the RPMs pick up a little. Do you think the Cove would benefit from the high engagement springs? Because right now I have to drag the clutch just to take off. Otherwise it jerks. Yeah, so that's something that you're going to have to you have to tune. Uh, and, and the cove is, like I said, the low end throttle response, like we talked about in the video, cause we only say good things about every bike, everyone known to man, the cove is a little bit jerky down there. And that in combination with the recluse clutch is a horrible combination. So I would say, yes, have it engage a little bit higher, but if, if it, for me, if it were in the engagement was set so high that the bike freewheels, I'm not going to be happy. And so I would. I would actually work on trying to get the FI fixed, have a little bit of remapping done in some way, shape, or form. Maybe a piggyback tuner could could fix that. Um, but uh, yeah, go there. Um, Jimmy Campbell says, hey, Jimmy. And that's all he says. Um, let's see. Got a few <laughs> other questions here. I'm, I'm going to run through the... You know, one guy said this show would be better if we did Rooster Endo. But Trevor, you made me talk so much that... Uh, <laughs> we're not we're not going to get to that we're st we're stacking up the funds though uh i got a couple other good questions i'm probably have to save for the next show um but uh let's see mike came at says instead of blowing dollars on more production invest in great tequila and beer <laughs> uh, josh k i had an xt350 probably one of the most fun bikes i had simple design lots of Hop on and go. A lot less hassle and frustration than the rally bikes I have now. Uh, agreed. Uh, I had a X. I had a TT350. I think we talked about that like two shows ago. Uh, we we got into it. And Joshua Barton says to everybody else, "Happy Thanksgiving." Let's see. Craig Hunter says, "Daddy's boy is on." Uh oh. <laughs> does does he want to get on the show? No, we'll, we'll save him for the next show because maybe he's. he's Maybe how much is the YZ four fifty FX 
for sale for? What's the um, We're waiting for the rooster endo rooster, to come back. Rooster endo or for sale, right? Um, <laughs> uh, we're gonna we're gonna just burn through these things. Todd Lofstrom on Facebook says Jimmy Lewis, my 2018 Husqvarna FC250 sounds like it has a supercharger whirring noise. I changed the timing chain, but it made no changes. I've heard others making the same noise, but the same noise, but it's annoying. Um, so uh, uh, FC 250 Husky. So uh, that, okay. that's yeah. the, that's the four stroke. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Yep. F is four yep. stroke. Um, so they, the Husky and KTM, they've gone thinner and thinner on their cases. Like the K they've, they've, they're maximizing the, the weight loss every time. And every time it seems like it changes kind of, kind of changes the sound a little bit. Here's what you should do to find out where that's coming from. You take a screwdriver. Uh, Trevor, you should video this, by the way, uh, if you know, if you were here, uh, you take a screwdriver and like, a, especially if you can get like a nice, really good plastic handle or wooden handle screwdriver, and you put the screwdriver on the motor and then put the, 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 the wooden part of the screwdriver, the handle right below your ear, kind of on the bone down below your ear, kind of your jaw and move, lift the screwdriver up and move it in different spots. And you'll be blown away by how much you can hear different types of sounds and especially when it's a higher pitch whizzing sound, they're, they tend to be very localized. The knocks travel through the, the motor, but the whizzes um, are kind of easy. So you, you kind of just have it idling and, you, you know, put it up by the cam journals and then along the cylinder where the cam chain's running. Go to the other side of the motor and see if it's much different. You know, same thing with near where the cam journals are, uh, down by the clutch, by the water pump, all these different things. And see if you can figure out where it's coming from. Um, I have seen that whizzing sound come from different things in the clutch. Uh, sometimes the, the, the bearing that the clutch basket is riding on can kind of get a little bit, uh, not good. We'll say, you know, in some way, shape or form, and it causes that type of a whine. And then sometimes just having, uh, kind of a worn clutch, a clutch that's been <coughs> glazed, uh, can, can produce that sound. And, and does it change with the clutch pulled in or released? Uh, that's a good thing to know because a lot of times if you pull it in, that makes the transmission stop. And if that sound stops, it's on the transmission side. If it's out, you know, and it's it's no matter whether you pull the clutch, then it's on the quote engine side of the of the equation. So there's different ways that you can you can see it. You know, put the bike on a stand with the tire off the ground, maybe run it through the gears, see if it changes that way. That can cause some influences. But then when you want to get more localized, use that screwdriver tip to to hear. Um where it's uh, actually coming from. So, uh, and, and believe me, I've changed the timing chain in a KTM and I was really pissed off after I did it because the sound that I was looking for did not go away. And I found out it was clutch dampers. The little replaceable clutch dampers in the clutch make a very similar rattle to a loose cam chain. So uh, maybe that's what it is. And uh, um, Gronk is telling you it's the balancer the balance shaft. And yeah, usually that, that screwdriver will, um, uh, give you, uh, that will give you the, you know, it'll help you localize it. Let's see. Okay. Yeah. So st a cheap stethoscope and it follow the sound follows the timing chain. Interesting. Uh, is you should, but if it's, if it's whining in the, in the, the timing chain, then maybe the guides could be bad. Um, yeah, bearing a race. Yeah, and then and then we got this is what's really awesome about our chat. By the way, if you're listening to this on a 
on a uh, podcast format, like we have our live chat going on, and there's a lot of people that are kind of throwing out some uh, decent answers. Um, some of these, well, everybody's afraid to give shit answers around here because then I'll jump down their throat. <laughs> but uh, let's see. Uh, Dave Black, hey, I just got the Rally Pro Cove. I'm finding I have to sit myself further up in the seat compared to the RF R450. I was told I could bring the center of gravity back with preload. How would I approach this? Uh, you would lessen the preload, so another loosen up the preload on the spring, and that'll that'll kind of tilt the bike. It'll lower the rear, which puts more weight on the rear, which it's not the best way to move the center of gravity. You can also slide the forks down in the um, in the fork tubes. So so you slide the triple clamps up and the forks down, and that will raise the front end of the bike, and it'll kind of get it to uh, to uh, move back there but you feel like you're riding uh sit myself further up in the seat uh and you shouldn't be sitting when you're riding a rally bike ever <laughs> so uh um uh, the other thing is you know if the if the handlebar position could be also altered so you know you can do something with the handlebar position uh bar mounts potentially i don't know what's available for that particular bike but there's a lot of stuff you can do it's such an easy thing to to adjust uh, but uh, the easiest thing to adjust, in my honest opinion, is the rider. Rider's very malleable and able to change things. And um, I'm gonna I'm gonna just guess because I know Dave has come out to the class before. Uh, grip and regrip with your hands. That's the easiest thing to change uh, the the <laughs> where everything is on the motorcycle because you're a big part. I don't know any other part that weighs you know 200 plus pounds that you can move around so easily and uh, affect it but you know when you start finding where that ideal position is make sure your body is in the best position then figure out how to make your body comfortable in that position is that is that a good answer trevor uh, i would say so okay good i, I just wanted somebody else to pat me on the back because it's kind of lonely <laughs> doing this show all by myself um water pump gears on your high hour 350 uh never done them uh, no, I have not replaced the plastic water pump gears at all either. And this is funny because there was a, there was some KTM's in the older days that actually really had a load on their plastic gears, but they've they've changed the ratios of that to the point where uh, the plastic gears are are not an issue. And if they break for any reason, it's generally because something else broke in there first. Uh, is is what I've noticed. Uh, generally, it's the guy who runs his bike down to a couple hundred cc's of oil. Trevor, you know those kind of people. Uh, I've met one of those guys once in, in racing conditions, of course. Uh, yeah. Cause then, then the, the oil pump kind of starts, you know, gets a little scarred up and galled up and then there's dragging inside the oil pump. So it's usually a chain reaction. It's not the plastic gears. I know there's people that make metal and aluminum, you know, aluminum gears for those things. Uh, uh, if you like looking at those parts, when you put them and install them into your motorcycle, I think that's a great thing. By the way, Takomoto has those gears. If you're worried about it, uh, and if you're rebuilding your motor and you want to feel really good about it, you're, you're building, building the motor, that's a that's a really good thing to to, to do. Uh, Takamoto bringing you Rooster Endo, but not tonight. Soon. Takamoto.co on the interwebs. Uh, they have way more stuff than just the uh, aluminum or the aluminum uh, gears. They have lots of they have lots of cool stuff. Lots of lots more trinkets and things. Hey Trevor, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and uh, let you go. Thanks for uh, practicing your dishwashing, your next uh, favorite career. I, I I'll I'll uh, have the board of directors review your um, your uh, job performance review. 
I'd like to think okay. I'd like to thank uh, Lucky Nita Boba for calling me Jesus. Um, Utah Desert Racer, uh, Trevor would like to uh, race with you in the desert and smoke you, just to <laughs> just to rub it in. And uh, and other than that, where's the other guy that called us assholes? <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank them too. Hey, and they're not even Australians because you know it was just Australians. They felt safe because they're on the other side of the world where we where all our poop goes when we flush it down the toilet. So they're just they felt safe because they didn't think we could come down there and get them. But now we got people in Utah attacking us, Trevor. So they're close enough. We might have to go pay them a visit. Oh, there was someone. That, there was someone that wanted to that wanted to uh, that wanted to um, uh, they wanted to race me or something like that. They said something like fat old man or something. Where was that one? Oh, here we go. Ya, yo mama, yo mom. Yeah, yo mom, yo mama. Kind of yo mama, but not yo mama. 548 says senior expert motocross rider. And he laughed. I, I think I'm a senior expert. Uh, if, if not higher. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could go. I could go race some of those, like uh, those one twenty-five over fifty pro money races, and do pretty good. Like, right? Can you beat Gordon Ward? No, not at Glen Helen. No. Maybe, maybe if it, if we go to a new track, I think it, that neither of us have ridden. I think I could beat him pretty pretty easy. Uh, but at Glen Helen, that guy's that guy's fast. Well, he was he was doing a lot of the works races and traveling around for a while, but he's. He's, yeah. Actually, he's funny. He's not that much older than me, but man, did he smoke me last time at SRA? Like it wasn't even. It wasn't even. It wasn't even close. But <laughs> they, they, they. When do you get to Legends class? Like sixty? When can I move out? <laughs> so what well, I think is seventy. Masters is sixty. Masters is sixty. Yeah, I got a way yeah. to go. Uh, Ron Wilder wants to know where the T-shirts are. They're sitting right here on this chair. I have one that's signed by Ricky Brayback for the people. There, yeah, they're gonna. Um, they're going to uh, come out real soon. I'm going to get that form done. I, I was on a roll, but then I tried to integrate a Google meeting into the show, and it jacked everything up. Jimmy, switch gears and join us for the counting coup in April. What's that? This is your dad. No, What's uh, It's a 50-mile mountain bike race. Oh, mountain bike race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like racing. But uh, where is it at? Uh, Santa Ana Mountains. Oh, or, so it's, it's it's flat. It's all flat then. So easy, super very, easy. Very flat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is that like that soul search they used to do <laughs> or something like that? Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, don't, don't, don't dare me. Don't dare me to do this. I, you know, I could. So anyways, uh, well, we're not, we're not stopping the show guys, by the way. Um, but we are going to, uh, I'm going to turn it over to this little video we shot. Super interesting with the Mike Ulrich of Yamaha. Trevor, thank you for coming on. I, yep. uh, I really appreciate it. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you. Hopefully we'll see you out riding over the uh, holidays. The defending okay. champion, the all new Yamaha YZ450F. How come I can't have your sound in here? Oh,
I'm here. Okay, you're here. You're on the show now. So, there's no video. I don't see. Oh, because you had to hang up on the video. Yes, no video. Yeah. Okay. my meeting how was my video it wasn't very good what's up moto buddies mike here from taco <laughs> moto co what is the taco touch it's the best service in the industry virtually 24 hey, 7 tech support because everybody email can hear us or text and it's like having a bike doctor we're, we're, we're live on call every day of the year in the background helping the you fix your bike or recommend parts or setups for you if you've ever received an order from us you know that the taco touch extends to our fulfillment and our orders come with the coolest stickers that you've ever had uh, buying parts from anybody before and a handful of root beer barrel candies. Um, all of our Taco Moto co-branded components come with a no questions asked lifetime warranty and we'll even extend out the warranty of other manufacturers, OEM and aftermarket parts where we can, sometimes for life. We test and tune endlessly and exhaustively and obsessively. We're trying to destroy everything that we can before you get your hands on it to look for weaknesses and to improve it or to make recommendations to the manufacturer. And if it's something that doesn't uh, meet grade, then we don't offer it on the store. Everything that we carry is something that we have personally used, tested, and ridden, and raced, and nose meets the, the high taco touch demanding standard. Go out and get some adventure. I'll use that as the if there's no start sound starting so cheers there's no sound right cheers mike uh welcome to episode no, no, 200 and i don't remember right well now, you don't hear anything uh, but tech talk taco tuesday this is tech talk taco tuesday live on tuesday and believe it or not tacos so showing showing the cameras some tacos right here i had to put them on tinfoil we are at the inside line connects media Merry-go-round. No, that's not what he calls it. What do you call it? We don't know. You can you can talk, Trevor. You you're, you're like you're like the producer because that's what you're doing. You're aiming these cameras at us and stuff. But everybody, welcome everybody. This actually is live for us, but not live for you. We'll stick it up on the internet. Uh, again, thanks to all the sponsors. Of course, you notice we're here with Yamaha. Mike Ulrich, uh, the press PR manager for Yamaha. Uh, you can wave at both yep. of those cameras. Um, so Yamaha, big, uh, big supporting sponsor of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. We have some other sponsors, Scott Sports. I wore perfectly clear vision today when I was roosting around the track, roosting all Trevor all day long uh, with my Scott goggles. And I wore some uh, Scott, I've Scott knee pads on and I had a Scott uh, roost protector, which is, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about that. So it's some pretty neat stuff that we've been uh, testing. Uh, climb, of course. I wore climb in a motocross track. Shh, don't tell anybody because, like, you know, the guys at Swap Moto might get nervous. <laughs> um, bulletproof designs. I got all my parts for my WR. I got my protection parts, thank God. Now I can really go smash that thing up. Front discard? No front discard, but I got the little clamp, the things that protect the lugs, which is which I need. And uh, uh, double take mirrors, of course. Uh, email me if you want a discount code for those. Uh, DDC sprockets, and uh, I think that's everybody. I remember, remember everybody. Hopefully, 
Fast Company. Fast Company. Oh, thank God you had Fast Company flex handlebars on the CR450 that I overjumped on today. Thank you. These wrists, thank you, Trevor. Uh, even Trevor Hunter is starting to see the dark side of flex handlebars. Why don't you run them on your mountain bike? Pack too much weight in my body, Pack. so I gotta minimize <laughs> on the bicycle. So, yeah, if you know, flex handlebars work on everything, especially mountain bikes. So, uh, good, now we've done our sponsor reads. Mike, welcome to the show. I've been wanting to get you on the show for a long time. You were riding, from our perspective over here, when we saw you, like, you pretty much were up in there, hanging it, little sideways, little whippy. No. Yeah? That was the Just wind blowing little, sideways. Okay, but it was got a little sideways, and you went and you got on the gas. You looked super solid from right here. And then you came back and you said, I feel like what? Probably poop. Poop? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty close. He was, he was complaining about how much he likes riding, uh, how much... What, what did you say when you were when I walked over here? What were you saying? Oh, I don't remember. I say all kinds of small stuff. You were, you were talking about how I want to get back into riding and riding, but every time I get back on the bike, I don't feel that fast. I don't feel that good. Well, it's work. You got you to gotta do it consistently to, to stay decent at it and when you don't do it then you just feel like crap and you're out of practice and okay this, this is what i heard i walked back over and i said how did he get in my head <laughs> because i'm going to disagree with you and that it's work it's yeah it's work because you, you you've, you've ridden at a high level before yeah and you know what it feels like and and as we're starting to get a little bit older the reaction time goes away you take a little bit off time off the bike you don't trust it as much before you just send it and not think yeah. about it and now every time the tire slips going up a rut off of a jump you're like <gasps> yeah 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 you so, pucker up when you get a little sideways in the air and then yeah then your back hurts and your knees hurt and everything else yeah it sucks getting old my wrists don't hurt because i had fast company flex handlebars see how i rolled those sponsors That's, right in there yeah, yeah. and you want to know the worst yeah. thing you want to know the worst thing about my day today didn't get to ride a yz didn't yeah trevor that just, is the worst thing trevor just yeah. didn't hook me up i actually i when i came over so I'm, I'm came we're in california right now unfortunately but i came back over from nevada and I knew I was coming to the track and I said, Trevor, do you have some bikes? He said, yeah, I got you covered, no no big deal. Cause I was gonna bring my YZ125. Cause if I ride for fun in a motocross track, that's my bike of choice. And I was gonna bring it and he said, no, don't worry about it. And now- I told you to bring it. Buddy. Yo, you did tell me to bring oh, yeah. it? Yeah, you did actually. He did, but I- just, He's just making up his own story. It's all right, just go with this it. This is what happens when you get old. That's how come I keep getting faster and faster. Did I ever tell you I used to race, Trevor? There's a couple of your friends I need to really reiterate this. Just tell them, Yeah, but- um. No, you, this story gets modified a little bit. I had bit, you covered here. I had fun. two two YZs. You just jumped off. I thought I thought they were you were catering to some other media outlets here. No, as, just catering to me as your job. Okay, but you were you were interacting with all the other guys here. I mean, shoot, we had we had uh, uh, Kiefer Half Testing Inc. Yeah, because because he he, t he talks about how much he rides all the time, and I didn't see him. Did you see him ride today? No, he didn't ride. He didn't ride. He pulled is he me. broke? Is he broken? <laughs> no, no, he just came out to the track, hung out, and. He the, the only thing that he could have taken one step further, which I have done, is come to the track, put your gear on, walk around, talk to people, then take your gear off and leave. Whoa. Without that's, riding. That's, that's hardcore. <laughs> that's nice level. I, I'm so, I'm so, I guess I'm so lazy. I mean, I like my gear. Look at this climb gear. I, I would put this on just because, you know, it's pretty loud. Club but uh, I would just put, I really wouldn't put it on to. I'm so lazy. The worst thing about going riding is having to put your gear on. Yeah. So if I'm going to go to put the effort on, that's why I went and rode that last moto. 
because I said, I put my gear on, I only did two. I need to do three. I mean, I, for the effort of putting the gear on and driving here, all this stuff, I'm doing three. And I only said I was going to just go do two laps and like eight, 10 laps later, I'm like, oh, I should stop. <laughs> well, I don't, pers- I-, I don't purposely put my gear on to look cool and then take it <laughs> you- off. Like I, I go into it with the intention that I'm going to ride. But then, then I talk to people, and then I get back. I look at the track, and it looks like crap. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm over it. <laughs> I'll, I'll ride a crappy track. I, I will go on the worst track because I'm going to go out there, and I'm not really riding the track. I'm finding the best lines. So, because I just I, there's just something about the feeling of riding a dirt bike, and I, I tell this to people all the time. Like, how come you still do that? You're too old to be doing that. It's dangerous. I was explaining to my dentist the other day. I was having my teeth cleaned. I'm like, I'm more scared about here than I'm about riding dirt bikes. Okay, this is freaking me out. But it's like it, it's it's just the feeling of motion that you get. Because I've been able to drive some really neat cars and do, do different things. Yeah. Flat airplanes, the only thing that's kind of airplanes, surfing and, and skiing or snowboarding are the ones that are kind of similar to me because they move in all these different dimensions and and the dirt bike is so easy to do everything you don't have to wait for a perfect wave and it doesn't have to be a good powder day and even the track's shitty you can find a good line around it you know you 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 can wait around to find that there's a couple turns where you can make your own berm or you can go just fillet a berm or i don't know i I saw the rest of the track in Aside between. from that turn, <laughs> where it's all rough, and then you got to hang on. That's the that's the that's the bus. that's the trick is stringing it all together yeah. to yeah. to to make it fun. Too fair weather for that. So, anyways, uh, so inside InsideLineConnect.com, it's uh, Jason Hop Hapa does this, and so he puts together it's a media camp, is what it is, and so he gets some brands, some different brands. I'm gonna have to read them off because I, I, when I ride, I forget everything. That's why I write it down, or somebody hands me a paper that reminds me. But he had a bunch of brands come out here today, and we just kind of did a, it was like a speed dating essentially, yeah, like a little little speed dating roulette. And so today we got to see uh, CCR Sport which makes uh, basically these bars that go in the bed of your truck to tie your bikes down. Because if you have any modern truck, if you tie your bike down, you're probably gonna bend your truck bed. And so they make these things. I've We have a test on dirtbiketest.com. It was one of the very first tests we ever did of a product on dirtbiketest.com was a CCR Sport bar. And uh, so they were out here today kind of just rejuvenating us, reminding us uh, what they are, although I have them in every one of my trucks, and I took them over there and showed them how I destroy them. So, um, how I've used them over the years to mount tires and bikes and whatever else in there. Uh, super awesome things. The other the other company that we saw, so it was USWE, Usui, Usui, Usui. They're not. They're still. Oh, they're still there. They're still there. You can probably get. You can probably drive. I'm gonna make Trevor maybe go grab one of these guys and bring them over here potentially. If they have beer, they can come on the show. I'm drinking water right now, and then you're driving home. Trust me. No, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Do you want a monster? Real one? Sure. No, no. I, yeah, yeah, I'll take one. Yeah. No, I'll and that could be. That, you can hydrate with monster. Yeah. That's got way more sugar and caffeine in it. That's like double the double the juice. No, no, no. It's, I'll, it's, we'll see how it goes. Zero sugar. Right okay. Oh yeah, I drink oh, those all the time. Oh, these the Super Sport. I haven't tried this before. It'll make the super. Okay. Sounds good. And See, so, I should have had that before I rode. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I used to. You want monsters? I used water? to. I used to uh, revitalize water. my mind when I was on like a, a rally route when we were doing rally training and stuff. Because I worked with monster guys, yeah. and I would start feeling myself fade. I kid you not. Like you drink an energy drink, like something with a little caffeine gives you. It's like you know, it's that zap you get to wake up and stuff like that. 
you got to be careful because when it stops working, when it wears out, <laughs> you feel extra on the backside. So, uh, anyway, so Usui makes the uh, the backpacks. A lot of backpacks are getting into a lot of adventure bicycling parks, and they're connected now with Giant Loop. And Giant Loop makes these like go fast, go light is one of their sayings. They make uh, kind of uh, packs that go on bikes and uh, gas bags and what else they had something else new water of uh, fluid fluid bag kind of like and they had like a bag that that hangs over the side where you can put fuel in it right so, like, yeah carry extra fuel yeah extra fuel extra stuff like that so that was kind of a that was kind of a new thing they were showing us uh, of course we had galfer brakes here um and i'm super familiar with galfer brakes i've run them on a lot of my bikes they make brakes lines uh rotors specifically but um they kind of showed us a lot of their stuff and just uh it's kind of good to see them i'm getting a i'm getting an abs delete kit for my tenere i know that's that's illegal but my t i i i yeah, i'm I such a i'm that. such a dinosaur <clears throat> i'm such a dinosaur abs interferes with my riding like me and abs fight on a motorcycle so i'm gonna turn it off yes but if I forget to turn it off, then we get in a fight, and usually I lose. So, but the, it's the ABS is for most people, not for me. Uh, what else do we have? FMF. Got to see little D out here. It's been a little while. I was reminding little D that I took him riding for one of his very first times when he got back into riding. I took him and his dad. They, he, his dad wanted to take him riding, and he got in the desert, and he, I had bikes. So we went out riding in the desert. They were talking and showing us the 50th anniversary stuff. So Trevor got a jersey. He didn't wear it. Uh, pro circuit. He had a pro circuit. He had a pro circuit pipe on the bike, so couldn't do that. Uh, Guts was out here doing uh, seats, and they were kind of demo, letting us demo their gold wing seats. Did you, did you try one? I, what do they What do they call it? Do they have a name for it? Wings. Wings. Wing seat. Yeah, I've heard it called gold wing seats. I know when they were on. I've I've ridden with them on a on a rally bike before. But uh, put it on. We put it on the KX450 that we were riding today, and pretty cool. It's I think more people like it than don't like it, and uh, especially with bikes getting thinner and thinner, which everybody says they want. Yeah, don't they, everybody say they want thinner yeah, and thinner? Yeah, motorcycle? they want a thinner motorcycle, but then they're going to put a wider seat on. Because I like to argue really? with. I, I like to. So Mike, when do you grip your motorcycle? Well, I have bad technique, so I really rarely grip my motorcycle and that's why you see me flying sideways through the air okay well no that means you're a good rider if you rarely grip your motorcycle because oh. you know how you, you watch well, that i'm really good you watch the <laughs> you watch the internets and the youtubes where they tell you how to they tell you how to ride and they say grip your motorcycle they especially tell guys to grip their motorcycle with their knees if you tried to grip your motorcycle with your knees what would you have to do i'd have to sit down yeah you have yeah to go i'm into so a tall yeah my legs are up over the seat so I right. can't squeeze and they tell you grip with your knees right it's, it's yeah. a common thing well I'll tell you that you need to grip your motorcycle when you're falling off of it No, otherwise don't grip your motorcycle hey Sandra you want to come over and be you want to come over and be on Tech Talk Taco Tuesday you'll be on a, a live internet show that's not live it's pre-recorded but we don't edit anything out you can come and be on a, we're doing a TV show here like live, all you need is a phone and a GoPro, and you can make a television show. Yeah. You can have a monster if you want to. Yeah. You can have a monster too, yeah. and, and a taco. This is Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Everybody, this is Sandro from Gelfry. You might have to 
swing down. So Sandro makes the rotors that are on my Tenere. That's why it stops so quick. Actually, quicker than anybody else's Tenere. I'll challenge you to a brake brake duel break, anytime. Break duel. Yeah. So good to see you again. Good to see we'll you. We'll talk about riding in Death Valley. We'll call you next soon. week. Okay. Sounds Take good. Take care, guys. See you. Good night. Yep. So uh, and you're you're soon to be a sponsor on this show. He, he just told me I'm number one. <laughs> <No, yeah. laughs> send you an invoice <laughs> yeah invoice um but uh so yeah we had uh, galfer here motion pro makes a lot of different tools we have a lot of tests of some of their tools on our website trevor breaks a lot of things and he needs a lot of motion pro tools uh, to fix fix things do i know how to use them though you i know you come over to my house and use mine he brings me motors all the time. Like, you know about this because you get the parts order every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. He says, I got to go to Jimmy's house and fix all of the things. So, yeah, Motion Pro is out here. I went over there. They, they had a lot of cool stuff. Like, things if, I haven't seen. Like, the, I, I need to buy some tools. You, uh, watch your wallet. It's like Snap. You heard the story about yeah, the Snap-on yeah, yeah. truck coming to the to the, to the the yeah. shop and, and the, all the mechanics, like, they leveraged their house against the tools. Well, my dad had a car repair shop, so we, we lived that life. That, the yeah. Snap-on life, yeah. yeah. They're all, they're all sponsored. But uh, Motion Pro has, they have so many trick little tools to do stuff. And a lot of them are really shop focused, you know, pulling races out of headsets and stuff like, you know, if you're, if you're really working on a lot of dirt bikes, a lot of cool stuff. But I've always told people like, if there's a bike specific tool or something like a fuel injector cleaner, a couple hundred bucks for the tool, it's like, that's expensive for one dude. But if you have five or six guys, go in and buy it. Um, go in and buy it as a group and just, you know, have a, like a collective tool thing for your special tools. And you can get some of the Motion Pro ones, which is uh, kind of awesome. I, I used to have some of the best, I had the whole, I like the whole set, all the suspension tools and things. And they, they went away with Dirt Rider Magazine. They were mine, by the way. They were, they, I, I brought them into the office. And then when I left the office, I didn't get to have it back. And I want, I want to know where all the Mac tools that I got, those weren't mine, those belonged to the shop. I want to know where all those tools and all those special tools went. Cool, Andrew. I probably should because they have my initials on them in blue paint. I should go in there and take them, take them back. But it's probably no way to get blue paint off. They probably just crossed them out, put their own letters on. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a blue marker. I marked all. Me and Carl both had a lot of our own personal tools in yeah. those toolboxes. I I made sure Carl got most of his back, you know, because they, they were his. I knew this. He brought them in because our shop. We had a really nice shop for a long time, and that's what I think he just have. So. Uh, who else did we see, Trevor? Um, Giant Loop, oh, CCR Sport, oh, Hitch Hotel. This is something we need to get a picture of. You need to Google image a picture. You got a picture of it. Yeah, so it's this, it's a little teeny tiny, like a tiny, teeny tiny trailer that you can put a bike rack on and tow it behind, and then you can have a little Hitch Hotel behind your, behind your, you know, if, you, if you're going like a two day race, yeah. do you see that thing? I didn't see inside of it, but it's, I, it's, I just, saw it's an open box. Yeah, it's like it like telescopes out, right? And then you have like just barely enough room to lay in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, you could put you could put two two dudes there safely. It wouldn't be too close, you know. But you could if you had your own sleeping bag. I wouldn't zip them together like I used to. But <laughs> the uh, but anyway, no, it's like it's like enough room for a nice mattress pad and stuff in the back. And then you can have your bike on the front and you, that way, if you wanted to close, you know, locks up, you can keep your, there's enough open space in there when it closes up, put a toolbox, right. plus it has a rack in the front, kind of a cool thing. Um, so uh, he's, the guy's been in the industry for a while. He used to work with some other companies and uh, decided he was gonna do that. The sound sounds like there's vehicles driving around. That's how we do it here, you know, live, no, no choices. 
Yeah, unfiltered. Mm-hmm. Obviously not. Stops while we're we're taking a sip of water. Obviously not 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 a not a big uh, follower of tech talk because the, the you know what my the rule for my co-host is no. when I start drinking you start talking. See, I was that went through my mind when I saw you. Yeah, like, like just, just, yeah. Well, like the reason I just taken. started dropping that is because just the other day I went riding. And I came back and I kind of, it was hot. We were doing dunes and stuff. And it was hot and I and I just, I felt good all day. And then, but I just didn't drink enough. And so that night I got a little bit of cramps. And then I went straight and I did a school. And every time I thought about drinking water, it was we were winding up doing another drill and I just forgot to drink water. And then I got it again. And now I feel like, right now I'm starting to feel like, oh, you didn't drink enough uh. all day. And so <laughs> stay hydrated, children, even when it's kind of, what a bitching day weather-wise. That's pretty nice. Yeah, nice temperature. Yeah, stay hydrated. Drink your monsters. Yeah, oh yeah. Have to, yeah, Mike's on his third one, but remember, it is it is. He's being smart. It is. It's the tour water edition. Yeah, and it's one for the drive home. I'm gonna hit that one there in a minute when I get ready. Right after yeah. I eat my talk, it's hard to eat and do a show. Yeah, I don't know it's if about talking. Those, those those were. Trevor ate them. Stuff on them. Hmm? Uh, it's, it yeah, makes. He ate them three hours ago. Hey, if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. That's what I always say. If you want a larva. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then that was, that was so it's kind of, kind of cool thing. We'll, we'll probably, you'll probably see, see, start seeing some more stuff from some of these companies as we, uh, as we kind of progress and different tests. I'm going to make Trevor do all those. Trevor did all of his research. I did all the talking today. Trevor did all the listening. That's how we work as a team. That's and uh, it's going to, going to put all this stuff together. See, I need, I need a, I need to hire somebody to do one of those. One of those. Yeah. Right now I'm trying to do both and it's it's a struggle. <laughs> you got Stevie. <laughs> so you, you so you started in testing at Yamaha. Yeah. And then and then for how long did you do that? Nineteen years. Nineteen years in the testing side. Yeah. So in, that's in house as a as an actual employee. I did I think three years before that as a contractor. And and was that and you got hired to that because because of your test riding ability? <laughs> I like how you say that. It was such a surprise. Like, <laughs> well, no, I mean, I mean, I I, oh, I used to race against you, dude. I, I you used know, to haul ass. Yeah. You, you, so so like, because uh, I know, I know, I know, because I knew I learned stuff. They were really particular about who they hired. No, I think it was. I, I mean, a lot of like, probably luck. Um, I was riding with uh, with Dubak a lot at the time, and he got me in the door for to start doing durability testing. Right. So I did some of that, um, yeah, for a couple of years, actually. Um, and then I guess I did good enough. My boss also kind of recommended me to the to the service department to do some stuff on, on street bikes. Right. To ride long distances. And um, seemed like I did okay with that. And then I don't know if you remember Joel Albright. Yep. So he was he had the testing position and then he left um, to go somewhere else and so yeah I was kind of at the right place at the right time uh, Mark Porter you know, asked me if I'd want to be interested in applying and um, so yeah I did and I bugged the shit out of them every week just to see if they made a decision and <laughs> eventually I wore them down and they gave me the job so and so, and so at that point, and like, like when you talk about doing durability and stuff, that's just a guy that gets on the bike and hammers out laps. Yeah. And, yeah. and, but there, I think when you're doing that, cause I did the same thing for Honda at a time, they're always like 
asking just asking if it, something changed or something they see if you have a feel it's a good way to kind of test out a test rider i think yeah. do a certain thing but i know you know and then so when you got into the testing position that's right test riding and then also working on the prototype stuff and and helping with development yeah yeah helping with development helping there was a lot of shop work and the way we're set up at, at yamaha which is different than than other ones is uh the testing department also works closely with the media department so they prep and break in the the media bikes right make sure everything's good they're part of the the press introductions because they they develop the bikes they know the most about it so uh, they're kind of the best ones to speak on it and, and all that. So um, that was kind of surprising because when I came in, I, I thought, oh, yeah, I'm just going to ride YZs and that's going to be my, my only job. And then it's like, oh, no, you got to work on all these bikes. Oh, and then you got to also test ATVs and <laughs> street bikes and side by sides. Yeah, because you guys do it all, right? Yeah. 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 Not anymore. Now our ATV and side by side testing is done in Georgia. That's mm-hmm. in our, at our georgia plant uh but still here in california we do all the off-road stuff dirt bikes street bikes uh, yeah and and that that's that's yz's wr's yz's wr's fx's yeah um all the two-stroke stuff uh dual sport so like even t7s and stuff like that the XT250. You know, right. A lot, of, a lot of testing going on on that one. A lot of, te- yeah. A lot of Trev- yeah. Trevor, has Trevor told you about his XT plant? <laughs> he has. I keep feeding him really bad ideas. I mean, they're good ideas, but he actually, he comes up with them and then I try to help him formulate. Yeah. He's going to race it in the 24 hour next year. I didn't hear about this one. Brad Farrell. I just came up with it right now. Oh, no. Brad Farrell would look great. Yeah, that tall. <laughs> it's not exactly the best bike for the tall guy. Uh, but, you know, I didn't, throughout my racing career, you know, racing or goofing off career, whatever the hell I did, I got more exposure for doing stupid stuff a lot of times than I did for doing even high-profile races. Yeah. You know, I had to explain to somebody today that I was a seven-time world backyard supercross champion that's as much as jeremy mcgrath yeah, yeah. that was a big deal back then because well, we because we got it in a magazine yeah it was in it was in it was it was super underground and then yeah. and, and i knew how bitching it was and i was doing stuff with magazines and i told i remember telling like that tim tolson i go i go hey i go you should come and see this and he was like, oh, what, what a bit mini bikes. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and yeah. he came inside. He's like, holy shit, this is better than regular Supercross. Yeah. And it, 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 it kind of was at the time. I think mini bikes in general don't get enough coverage. Yeah. I, yeah, I always, I always wanted to go to that. I never got to go. Um, but yeah, I remember you guys racing it and, and kind of wanted to get a, a mini built up for that and, and it was so super it, it was so super top secret to get like into that little yeah. thing and then then then, then when it kind of got in the magazines in like some pro riders and and bob's like if you can get pro riders to come here you know the house that'd be kind of cool and and glenn another one of his friends was one of the main guys at mickey thompson so he had some contacts and they would, mm-hmm. so they kind of knew a lot about how to make things look good and, and bob built the track yeah. it was just it was such a it was just such a crazy yeah crazy thing back in the day but like i'm trying to think of all i mean like johnny mara rode there jimmy holly i think raced i don't know i don't think um uh jeff stanton came by i think once they, they, a lot of a lot of guys because they they were they're around simi valley when they were yeah, doing yeah. Honland and stuff like that but you know i raced ryan hughes there um uh God, who else uh, uh stefan Roncata one year um yeah, lance cool. smale 
Yeah. He, BBR brought Lance Smell down, but all these guys, I mean, all the guys that came through that whole, that whole thing, it was a, a lot of fun. That was such a cool era too, because like anybody could ride those bikes. You know, then later when it when it went to the one fifties, yeah, the smaller and stuff, yeah. Like, I can't ride those. I could barely ride the the super mini size ones. Right. You know, at my size, and I I would really hurt myself on a and, fifty or a one ten. And when we when we were kind of doing this, it was it was all kind of we called it owner operator. You know, we built I built my own yeah, bike, yeah. and we were like sourcing all these different <laughs> parts all over the place. And there was some guys that worked at Honda. You know, Gary Martini and Ron Wood, and and guys that were they were working like the sort of amateur support and part race team stuff and so they're getting all these little trick parts built it was a it was a crazy uh crazy time but then then i always tell Dwayne from bbr bbr ruined mini bike racing because yeah, all of a sudden serious. well they the first first they showed up with the, the, the you know the, the twenty thousand dollar mini bike you know an aluminum framed and it was like dave miller stuff so at least dave was scared to death of going to langtown Dave just wanted to go race the outdoor motocross stuff, and 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 he he had the most Sano trick little bikes. But then the BBR guys showed up, and they had all winter to just sit around and weld and fabricate. And then they came down. They figured their bike was going to be so much better than ours. They'd smoke us. And they came down, and they're like they're like, oh no, this is serious. These guys are serious. So then they came down with. They started hiring pro riders, and by the time they were done, they had Lance Mill, Eric Keo. Um, wow. Slamming those things down. Uh, all these guys on BBRs and the motors were now not not 100s, they're 230s and yeah. all kinds of stuff. So, time. okay, back to testing. Yeah, okay. we go yeah, off on the tangent. Where yeah, were we? Yeah. yeah, so so you're so you're testing. So you were around in like which pretty pivotal times, like YZ400 era, very yeah. first four stroke. Yeah. In so you, that was that was what I started with durability was was on the first 400 wow so so how was how was that oh it was awesome um i was super excited about it just obviously we all saw doug henry race it already and and we were doing those four-stroke nationals before that so i was already kind of a four-stroke convert before so i was super on board what were you racing in those um ltx r 400 or yeah yeah Yeah, okay i was on the the IMS. The IMS bike. Thing, yeah. Okay. So your bike only ran half the time. <laughs> it wasn't. This it is this is bad. this is old four-stroke racing days. Those yeah. things were like like fragile. But overbuilt. They were surprisingly from from what the base was, they were surprisingly competitive. Like, oh yeah, yeah. To, to, well, that's what I mean. You're like I remember the IMS bikes. They pumped those things up, and because you were competing with the White Brothers bikes, yeah. which were also quite pumped up and. I, I would say during the course of a series, I don't know if anybody really finished every race, every yeah, moto. Yeah. You know, you, you'd have, you know, I don't know what, whether it was just a lot of overheating related issues, yeah, especially on yours, cool. air cool. Yeah. Yeah. But like on, on regular weekends, I, we'd race them against regular two strokes races. So they were, they were good for what they were. Yeah. I, yeah. I had a lot of fun on them. Uh, and, and then, yeah, like I said, that was the first the, the YZ400 was the first bike that we started with so yeah, I was super super excited to get and to did, ride did that you, thing did you know right away how good that thing was going to be yeah <laughs> <laughs> well just because what did we have to compare to the, the, the built up XR400 yeah and then, you know, and then, and it was, then you, you were riding it kind of before the KTM was even released the, the KTM they kind of had the enduro ones 
Well, they had their KTM, the the five hundred ones, and which like Lance Mail was racing, and right. But those that was the big heavy. That was the big heavy. They hadn't made the light motor yet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, comparatively, yeah, that thing was way way better. Uh, So it was cool. Um, I thought I'd got myself fired right off the bat because, like, I don't know, just a few tests in, I wound up weeding it up. (laughs) <laughs> cross-redded at LA County and high-sided it and, and uh, bent up a bunch of parts and they didn't have it was still oh, pro, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they didn't have any uh, any spares and stuff like that so uh, it made a bunch of extra work for Scheidler but it was super cool um, still paid me I wanted to break in my foot and he still paid me for the rest of the for the rest of the test so that was cool uh, and yeah uh, for some reason they called me back and did more yeah awesome. but that was cool um you know after that the the yz250f that was pretty awesome i was already in-house for that one for the development of that uh and that was just really neat because nobody expected you know i, I don't think anybody thought that a 250 for sure possibility yeah, yeah. Or even possible yeah so uh, it looked just like the 400, so you know, even if people saw it, they didn't know what it was. Like they just <laughs> had no idea. So that yeah, was, I think that I was think really I cool. I think I rolled up on you. Did you ever test that in public? Kind of like, do you ever go to a Glen Helen day? I think I wasn't there, but I I think if they, I remember right, I think they, they did. There was a couple times when I was out. Yeah. Cause I remember one time I rolled up on, and it was it was Butler. And it might have been just out. It might just have been out at sunrise when they had the track rented, kind of a thing. And we were coming out the next day or whatever. And I, and and it was like, uh, like you know, yeah. like don't look. You know, it was he. He knew don't don't look too close. And I'm like, don't worry about it. I, you know, I've seen this stuff before. But it was that that big of a deal. Or was that it was that super top secret that I don't. I mean, I I kind of trying to remember how much people knew about that bike before it was released. Like how much of a. Yeah, I don't think anybody what, really knew. Yeah, until they – what did they – they raced it in Japan, right? Is that where the first – I think so, The yeah. sighting was? Yeah, I think Fonseca yeah. or somebody went and raced it in Japan. Because I'm pretty sure I saw it. So I saw it before and I, I said, that's not a 400. I just – something was yeah. – like, that's not exactly a 400. So. Well, yeah, it had a little bit of a different sound, but I, I think, you know, like – Again, not knowing that that was even a possibility, I think people wouldn't even think twice. It right. It sounded a little bit different. Yeah, if this sound starts getting crappy with the wind, uh, I, I made the wind, so <laughs> we'll, we'll do that. Uh, and then, so just so people kind of know, how far does a bike, like let's say YZ250F back in the day, like how before that happens, how long does that take? Like everybody thinks, oh, you could just build a bike. In a a year or two Uh, I'd say like planning stages And everything It's it's a good three to four years Some cases Some cases longer I I think especially the four stroke stuff Was since it was all so brand new It it was probably longer Yeah And that was kind of a Just a pet project The the first 400 That was was one of the engineers in Japan Um that was just kind of something he took upon himself and did 
basically in his spare time because he wanted to he believed in it and thought he could yeah i remember i remember hearing that you know the, the kind yeah. of the backstory of like how that happened and it wasn't supposed to it was like something where he just believed that it would work yeah and look at this yeah no kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah you know i think there was a, i think there was a few people like you know i like to talk about hoosabergs i don't know if you know about this, this is this brand called hoosaberg yeah, they make really powerful. They made really powerful bikes. I don't know what happened. They got engulfed by KTM somehow. This happened, but I still own a Husaberg. But th those guys had the same idea. There was people at Husqvarna, even when Husqvarna moved around, that had the idea. Obviously, KTM had the idea. That's why they engulfed some. You know, bought up some of these companies. So there was. I mean, it, I'm wondering what. I'm really wondering what's next. I'm kind of starting to see electric. You know, we're starting to see electric, and. And look at everybody that poo-pooed four strokes back when we were goofing around playing with them. And and still to this day, people are like, oh, two strokes can't be competitive and this and that and electric and whatever. And, you know, I think it is hybrid. 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 Yeah. Somehow we're going to, they're going to figure out, they're going to combine a couple of different things. It'll be hydrogen. Well, that's hard to get. I know a little bit about hydrogen. <laughs> it's hard, hard to make and very explosive. Yeah. Very, well, very, very explosive. Yeah. So they'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, batteries are a little so explosive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Batteries too. too. Yeah. Well, so is a tank of gas if you do it right. Yeah. You know, these exactly. things aren't the safest things in the world. Uh, so we talk. Like, so it takes a little while to develop, and and we get this question all the time. And the, 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 why is he three fifty? <laughs> <laughs> what about it yeah <laughs> never heard of it i know is that something people I, want yeah <laughs> i you know we, we I'm, I'm asking this because we get it all the time every so last week we showed a picture of the fantic the yeah. fantic 300 two-stroke yeah. so which is the same thing everybody's like everybody's like well why, why doesn't yamaha make it as well that kind of i mean there's some yamaha involvement that, you know they sell technology share technology some of that and we never see, that's the one brand we never see come over here. Right. And uh, Could you explain like, what no. the deal is? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know the exact deal the with, with Fantic. Like, yeah, I, I don't know the exact relationship there. All I Neither know is I. We, can't, we can't get them yeah. here. Um, they're their own separate company that somehow we... Like, get them a base and I, I don't know, I don't it's, know really. I've heard before because Honda does it with, like with Montessa and stuff like that it's like in order to be able to sell stuff in that country you have to have a not not in an importer like you have to do mm -hmm. some certain amount of manufacturing needs to be done in that country right. and so there, these are why these partnerships kind of evolve and develop and and, and how yeah, they you know I, it, I don't know enough about it to, to even speculate so I yeah. Right that, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, you gotta yeah. keep you, 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 you know I mean hit the hard hitting questions. Right? This is this is get this on Taco it's, Tuesday. It's a driving interview show. It's like we, we ask ask the hard But uh I mean but from your side and I, I tell this to people all the time, it's like, yeah, if you want all those things, there's those other things, but this is why I like my YZ one twenty five. I kickstart it. It goes and runs. I know how to jet a carburetor. I, I would really like it to be fuel injected, but then it's like it's like oh, but then there's complexity and 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 especially with the 125, between the, the the ones that has all the bells and whistles and the one that's just a standard 125, it's not a big difference. Right. Mine happens to be you're gonna hate the hate, hate to say this. Mine's a 2005. 
and it's yep. it's almost every bit as good as a new one, except it's kind of worn out. And I do have a twenty-three carburetor on it, though. I got I, okay. I got a connection. It has the power jet on it yeah. and everything yeah. that doesn't do anything because it's not connected. Yeah. But that car, actually, that carb made a huge difference. Right. I, so I was cause I was wondering where some of the gains were made because you know the new motor, the, all the things. Right. It's definitely gotten better. That carb was that's a big deal. Yeah, and it's it's still valid. It's a good platform. Uh, the the thing about you know you say the complexity with FI, FI is awesome. It's it's really good. It's easy for the user. Well, easy unless something goes wrong. Yeah, but you don't have to mess with jetting and all that stuff. But it's honestly really difficult to make fuel injection feel as powerful and as exciting as a carburetor. Um, I'm listen, I hear a noise flapping around there. It's part, oh, that's part of that that label on the yeah. chair. I hope this wind isn't killing this. Do you have the do you have the the button you push that makes wind sound go away? You don't I have that. I will tell you to uh, just tear it off, but it's probably a federal offense. Yeah, it's like a label on a yeah, on a bed. Mattress. Tear it off or not? <laughs> 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 oh, there it goes. Yeah. Now hopefully that flapping noise is gone. I, does, the GoPro actually shouldn't be that bad with the wind, right? We don't know. The phone's kind of blocked, I think. So it it's because it's, it's coming this way? Yeah. Okay, so it might be okay. We can always pause it and check. No. That'll make it too. No, if, too if it goes, if it goes, yeah. hey, if this goes and you have to come out and go riding in Pahrump. <laughs> And we'll do we'll re we'll rehash oh, all these God. subjects. Take me on another death march. Oh well, that time. that was really bad. Like that day, that so we did WR intro, and and we we got on a we we went up in the snow and got in the snow, and then we just rode a lot of rocky trails, and your hip was blown out. And yeah. We, and we rode more rocky trails. And then we, we got, did we, we did just stuck in a snowstorm. Just, and then it snowed on us. And then to just yeah. top it off, we did an extra rocky trail just for fun. Stevie talked about this. He's still talking about this. It's not that bad. You, the, we got way better trails now. There's more. I've been living there a lot longer now, so there's better. Wait, you got more or you got better? Better. More better. That's Trevor. We've got some See, awesome rides. I can't rides. trust your better because to you, that's fun. Going no. Through, yeah. Going across no, 10, no, that, that, miles of boulders. That, that cross screen that, cross screen that it was not fun. That, that, okay. It was just kind of a, I wanted to, I wanted to test the suspension. I wanted yeah, to. I, I wanted to get. Yeah, that's yeah. how. You, sometimes you got to. You got to. Got to suffer to, to be able yeah. to deliver the information. Plus, you know, the bikes are brand new. That breaks it in pretty good. Yeah. Am I, am I not right? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? You guys make sure the motors are broken in. I got to make sure the suspension is good. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, so so. Bikes don't just grow on trees. They not, not, yeah. and there and there's reasons like like you guys sell plenty of YZs to make it like that's a good platform. That's why it stays kind of the same the way it is. Yeah. It's it's uh it's good. Yeah. So I Yeah, there's there's obviously models that require more upkeep and updates than than others, right? So like for instance the XT two fifty is You can ride uh, for a little while on its yeah, platform. It's, it's a good platform, and for what it is, it's it's fine. It's a good bike, and, and for that particular customer, it's great. YZs, yeah, you have to update constantly. You know, two, just to, three, just every two, three out. years, it needs yeah. a. And it does it from like the testing side, or like okay, so you're you the 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 four fifty is all new. The two fifty got the all new this year. Mm -hmm. They seem to there's a pattern 
with Yamaha, it seems to be X amount of years, and and then the WRs and FXs seem to fall. FX kind of got quick this year. Did it, was that a year early? No. no oh no, because it's because because the 450 fall that yeah, which is normal. And so WR kinda, got the same changes. So yeah, so there's. But the WR usually takes a year later, sometimes or. Sometimes that we try to, we try to have the, the YZ first and then the the FX and WR come out. Well, yeah, yeah. Right after. Yeah, because I remember when WR seemed like it was a, it lagged a year behind a couple. Yeah, of times. yeah. There's been there's been times when it's been two, three years later. Right. So, um, but, so you're you're and then even now you have to think about like YZ for next time. If somebody's got to be thinking about it. It's like. How do, you, how do you decide what the heck you're going to change? I mean, what's what's the direction? How do you – does that come from, like, market research, or are you looking at everybody's – everybody's – I think – What everybody else is doing? Probably everything, right? Like, so we do do quite a bit of market research. Uh, we're constantly testing, like, year-round. You know, they – we know what – when the bike comes out, right, like we already have plenty of experience with it. We have experience with whatever's coming next. We know the shortcomings of it. You know, at some point you got to put it out. Yeah. Right? You can't just keep testing and never put out a product because it's never going to be good enough. Yeah. So whatever, you know, our internal team feels is where it's lacking. Keep trying to improve on that. That's, that's towards the future. And then I'd say probably, uh, maybe like what vendors come out with like say KYV comes out with a new system right, right. so you gotta test that okay is that gonna be better for the future is it gonna be worse uh, okay so you know, in this how did you how did you dodge the air fork bullet it was <laughs> it was hard honestly like we I think KYV came to us with it first and uh, even Yamaha Japan wanted to do it because it was going to be a lighter and be lower cost. Right. So it was a win-win for them because you can claim a lighter number and and save money. Uh, so there was a lot of pressure to to use that fork in, in Kawasaki. Was, or I mean, KYB even came to us and said, if you guys don't you know use this now, we're we're going to offer it to Kawasaki. And um, you know, credit to Mark Porter. Yeah. Our old boss, he's like, it's performance wasn't good, yeah. you know, and he stuck to his guns, and we said if it's if it's not gonna be better than what we currently have, we're gonna stick with what we have. Right. And I think a lot of other manufacturers kind of caved to the pressure and and saw that like, oh well, this is new and and <laughs> hey, I. I performance wise on most of them i actually liked it yeah. you know and i i like the i like the lighter front end feel yeah. for sure um and 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 it seems like everybody right away went on a lot of failures there was it was like a, there was there was a perceived failure and there were some failures but just like anything um just like you, you know i don't know what kind of clay ktm is making their pistons out of these days you haven't heard about this but they, obviously clay because now I'm joking, but seriously, like if if you have one failure in like the Stark, the, the, the photo that's going around right now is a picture of a Stark bar that pulled a linkage pull rod out of a swing arm. It, 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 I haven't seen any explanation. I don't know where it came from and, and whatever, but 
Like you would think that every single one of those things out there has done this. And, and it's only one picture, one failure. And God only knows it was Justin Hill hucking it over, you know, 160 feet. I don't know what, what happened. Or did some guy have a head on on a track and somehow it got torn off? You, you, you never see these things. But but like that was the air fork thing for me. And I'm like, I'm like, just give it, a, you know, like a lot of people just didn't give it a chance. But then you guys obviously tested a lot. And, and you just couldn't get it working the way that... Right. Yeah. Yeah, not the way we wanted it to work. Uh, I, I think there's definitely... There's some positives of it, but for us, I think there was more negatives. And then we just weren't also sure that, you know, when you look around and you go to a, a track on a weekend how many people show up and they don't even check their tire pressures you know and now you're like okay now you got to check all these other pressures and i think kawasaki had one with like four or five straighter valves yeah. on it and i mean i tell you what out of all the air forks that one i had some magical four i had the best forks ever yeah. but you know it took two motos or two two testing around and playing with a lot of stuff to get it right and then if i went to another track i'd have to do the same thing and yeah. i I can geek out on it, but it was only for the sake of just trying to get this thing working right. good. And net net, it was ten percent better than the spring fork on the Yamaha. Yeah. So. Yeah, and most people don't want to spend half their day jacking with no. their, their pressures, you know. And you got to you got to set it in the morning, and then it heats up a little bit, and then you got to set it again. And uh, yeah, I, I don't think most people were ready to to really deal with that much complexity and and. Yeah, in, in our eyes, it just it didn't perform as good as yeah. what so, we had. So, so you're so in in the evolution of always testing, then you come up with hey, we have these two or three things that that are working better, mm-hmm. parts that are performing better, or they made improvements or something like that, and then it's it, and that's combining it into whatever's going to be. I mean, like when like with the YZ, the, the 250 this year and the 450 last year, it's a, it's a whole new chassis whole new bike whole new it's like all this crazy new stuff right. like at some point you have to pick a direction right because yeah. it, it, everything's so good right now yeah like you can hop on a four or five year old bike and they're still pretty damn good it might be a little different flavor than today's bikes but that's the that's the thing that always interests me is like when you're going to go to a wholesale change i mean when like when you you know you say when you guys bring a bike and you and with yamaha with their r&d guys being involved with the magazine comparisons and stuff and the mm-hmm. testing, the test riders, outside test riders coming in. It's, is, do you ever, are you ever surprised by what we say? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you believe us? Or, or do you just go, those guys are out to lunch? No, you got to believe it because even, even like amongst, when I was there, amongst us test riders, we'd have very, opinions yeah and you know it's different weight different height you know like even where your body position is over the bike or your riding style or anything else can give you a different feeling so i think unless somebody's really way off in left field or something um you know you got to respect the other people's yeah i always say everybody's opinion is valid it's just like how much experience do they have you know, what are they comparing it to? Yeah. You know, what are they coming off of? How do they, what, what do they expect it to do? And I always, it always pissed me off when, especially you'd see guys take motocross bikes and try to ride them off road yeah. and then, and then complain about them. Right. Trevor, 
No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've converted yeah. Trevor to at least knowing what it is. And that's a cool thing. Since you've been around, this whole FX category, this, you know, whatever it is, this competition off-road bike, that's such a cool segment. And, and I, do, do you guys do more FXs than YZs yet? I don't know the exact numbers. Yeah. I don't I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, I, I mean, I... It, and FX is probably the one that's a little bit, it's not as, because it's quite a bit changed from YZ. Mm -hmm. It is a definitely a different platform, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's, but that, you know, I always, always wondered because when, you know, when we, when we come to do these comparisons and we do shootouts, you know, a lot of times you just go straight, you know, straight to doing a shootout and stuff and, and all the manufacturers, they're kind of just like, you know, that usually that's when other companies, that's when you'd see their R and D guys show up yeah. because, they're there to kind of see what it's, it's a good way of doing, right. you know, some outside testing. But yeah, uh, it's the shootouts are, they're difficult because on one hand, it's really our only window into seeing what people aside from us think of the product, you know, yeah. like, okay, what, what do other guys think about of how we did this? And what do they think of it compared to the other brand, you know, which we test those as well, yeah. you know, in our in-house stuff. Uh, so it's a good window that way but on the other hand it's like maybe sometimes we put more weight in it than than we should because yeah. it's like what's what's the perfect way to do a shootout i don't know if anybody knows right there's so many oh, i did it a dirt rider i'm pretty sure i invented the perfect shootout <laughs> i don't like talk about myself or my great ideas that much but yeah. uh no i i i totally i hated them i absolutely yeah. hated shootouts other than to ride the same bikes at the same day at the same track will tell you which is the best bike for you at that track on that day right and if it rained and at it got ruddy yeah yeah it's so well like if you ride a certain bike in the morning when the track's fresh and then the next bike you know you ride the competition bike at three o'clock in the afternoon at yeah. Glen helen compared to first thing in the morning it's going to obviously feel a lot well, different in order to get like kind of some sort of consistency or results and stuff like that the one thing that we we were doing in the last few years i was doing shootouts is we were we were we would kind of get we'd get the bike to what we call a good base setting so mm -hmm. if you're stock and a lot of times they were stock but a lot of times we just find some things that help bikes for that track and we kind of, okay, here's where the bikes are. We're not going to jack around with them. I had what I would call normal test riders. Mm -hmm. I didn't have guys that were way outside the weight range and stuff like that. And we try to have, you know, if it was five bikes, we'd have 10 guys and it was five slower guys and five faster guys. Yeah. And every bike was on the track at the exact same time. And then they wrote, you'd, you'd get you get five guys to do five laps, and then switch, and the other five guys would hop on the bikes to do five laps. And we were always doing lap times. We you know we kind of do those quick little motos and stuff, and just quick impressions. And we never told anybody what their lap times were. We had them tell us which one they were fastest on, felt fastest, which one you know. This is competition motocross bikes, and we we started adapting the same kind of shootout when we were doing off road bikes. We'd go up in the hills and set up a course, or you know we'd have a loop at the twenty four hour. We'd do loops. We do these different kind of things to try to, because that's the thing is like the, everything's always changing. Road roads kind of consi road racing right. is kind of consistent, yeah. but you're testing motocross bikes and and then and then it's like nobody knew which bike they were fastest on they always guessed and right. very rarely were they right and then you you average it up and all the bikes are within like a half a second of each other and you're just going you know because every bike was on track every time and it's like okay i like the blue one 
you, you know, <laughs> that's, that's when it really kind of, yeah. you know, you felt more comfortable on a certain bike and, and sure. uh, there's all kinds of stuff well, like and, that. Well, and yeah, you know, when you, when you use, you know, certain magazines, they'll use racer kids and then for a one day shootout, of course, they're going to feel the most comfortable on the bike that they normally race and they ride yeah. every single day. Right. So it's, um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the what the answer is. I don't know that there is any perfect. Uh, I was I was I was always anything. wanting to the one I wanted to do is I wanted to take the 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 development riders from the manufacturers. I think I pitched this to you yeah, guys yeah. at one point. I wanted to get there. I wanted to get the test riders to to ha you know come out and do sort of a shootout with all the, with all the manufacturers with their own test riders, and then they can't vote for their own bike. Right. And but then we could get some feedback. You know, just some interesting feedback, and then that way you guys could. Have the next step on development, and then it was like, then there was like, well, all the questions like, well, what if so and so's bike's a cheater bike, or what if this or that? You know, it was just such a, it was such a funny thing, and it, it was like, I was, I, I, because I, I really wanted to learn more about just how to properly test bikes, you know, different things, and I got to work with some really good people like Scheidler back in the Ed Scheidler back in the day, and and <laughs> with with the guys at Honda R and D, and 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 just learning. You know different ways of, and, and i you know never shared what what anybody else was doing but you know just like seeing like a scheidler's form you know the, how they like to describe how a bike does this or that or you know <clears throat> different things that were important to different manufacturers it was a uh, it was real interesting to get an insight into that and I, I wish that people that evaluate this stuff give opinions on it had a little bit more background in that as opposed right. to just like yeah. okay we're going to show up here and you know, go do go do some laps, and you know, it, it's it's like, yeah, yeah, somebody else is gonna somebody else is gonna feed me and pour gas on my bike, and I don't have to work on it, and I'll probably get new tires. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. One of the things that's frustrating is like what I think any of the in-house manufacturers do is when they test, like no one's allowed to talk to each other. Yeah. Right. Like you, you've got your form, you ride, you fill out your form, and you shut up. You don't. Right, don't talk, contaminate. Right, and that's then like I'll see that at shootouts. I'm like sitting there, and all the guys are talking. Do you feel that over there? And this, I feel like it's really doing this. It's really kicking over here. And you're like, okay, so you just totally screw that other guy up, right? Because now I used to I used to limit that with my guys. I'm yeah. like, hey, don't, you know, we'd sit down and have a little meeting. It's like, don't talk about the bike, you know, just yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Jason, come on over here. Be on Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. We, we, yeah. we would be live. Yeah. Yeah. Don't send them my tacos. It's, I'm going to eat these eventually. Yeah, I'm like, they're, they those, might have, the city, those look like they've been sitting a while. <laughs> they, they, they might have flies on fly eggs, according to Mike, but I'll eat them. I'm not afraid. Um, you need a monster? No, I got so one waiting for me. Smile at the, at the cameras here. Oh, shit, yeah. you actually have cameras. Yeah, we're, we're really, oh, we're really recording. Really Hopefully going. the sound isn't crap because of the wind, but it works. So, uh, yeah. introduce yourself, Jason. I'm Jason McHune with Inside Line Connect. Um, we just, well, I think we just finished a media day. Media, I call it media camp out here. We call um, it a circus. Yeah, it's always it's always a circus. Media carousel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but but at least the weather was good. 
track was good. It was excellent, actually. Yeah. The track that, was super fun. And that's rare. Um, I don't, I think, have you been once before? I was, so, I like one of the early ones a yeah, long, long time. It was but, only a couple different brands that time. Yeah, most of the time <laughs> I don't get, I don't get the luck with the weather. Mike knows. Yeah. And, uh, and so today was just, yeah, it was definitely a bonus. Well, thanks for uh, having us out. I, I, I listed off everybody. I used the sheet of paper to list off everybody, and we're going to oh, try to... Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully they all want to advertise with dirt bike tests. That's what we're. That's our goal. You know, that's trying, the, trying to stay afloat, right? Well, that's you know, the goal. Was, I was glad you kind of threw that in there in the email. It's like not just for them to pitch their stuff at yeah. us. It's for us to pitch our stuff at them. Yeah. And I, I'm I'm lucky because half these guys remembered who I was. Remember, I, I don't know if I've ever told you guys. I used to be a little really big motorcycle editor guy yeah, yeah the, in know. the industry yeah I now i just live in a hole i dig holes out in the desert and i crawl in my living yeah i know <laughs> i know but that but yeah you're right that was the whole that's the whole thing and that, and sometimes like i had to explain that to a few other people like my goal is for you guys as as editors and yeah. and you guys have you know your websites and stuff is is to bring these people to you because a lot of times it's out of sight out of mind yeah and um but you know, there's a lot of good stuff out there. I think, you know, that's good for you and, and, and good for them, too. Yeah. So. It's it, it interesting to see some off-road-ish brands yeah. kind of show up here because they, you know, they, it was funny. It was like they came from Northern California. They came from Bend, Oregon. They're coming yeah. all the way down here because they'd like, they never get to see a, a lot of the lot motorcycle of you media. Yeah. And see kind of what we do and how we do stuff is, uh, yeah. I think it's as educational for them as it is for us. That I'm trying to learn this new, it's every it's not every 10 years the landscape changes now it's every year yeah the landscape of how media works and how we can support ourselves and yeah and uh, it changes and how these companies are struggling with like how do we talk to our customers yeah and so this is this is where we're it's like well we can help you you know i guess and, and yeah. it's not it's not that it's not that we're going to become like a because you know, we have to keep our credibility. Yeah, that's the only thing. That's the only thing totally. I have at the end of the end of yeah. the road. I can have all the flashy designs and websites and stuff. If if people can't trust you, but how do people? So how do people, regular people that are out there? This is a question for you too, Mike. How does a regular person that's out there floating around watching this kind of stuff in his orbit? How do they? How do they know? Where the good content is coming? Where the where the good opinions are coming from? Because. I would I think about it when I, I want to learn like something in construction, right? I want to learn how to do tile or something like that. There's 800 videos of guys that tell you how to set tile. How do you yeah. pick the best ones? Because I think right now maybe Google and Facebook are kind of deciding which ones are the best. Yeah, but it's also like you just said, credibility. You know, I mean, everybody's going to talk to everybody else, and, you know, things like that. But you know. You know, with the companies that came down, like you said, from Ben and from all these other places, the, the point is, is that they don't get to see you or talk to you face to face ever. And, and they probably don't realize the opportunities that are that are that could that you could provide to them. Yeah. Um, you know, and vice versa. You know, you don't get to talk to them either. So, you know, hopefully there's some business at the end of the tunnel um, for, for both sides. Yeah, I'm horrible at that. Talking to like yeah. the advertising talk. I used yeah. to I used to just produce content and we had an advertising department that would figure out how to how all to get this, the money. All this stuff worked and luckily after a while people would trust me. Yeah. Us. You know, however our yeah. brand did, did, did our thing. So for sure. It's definitely getting harder for you guys. Because yeah. it seems like just our society in general nowadays doesn't trust media. Yeah. And 
and, and like I said, thanks to Yamaha, they do support Dirt Bike Test and Tech Talk Taco Tuesday and all this stuff. And they don't care. You, they, you guys don't care what we do. I mean, you like, don't tell us you need to do this thing. They gave us, I actually, we, we picked a KTM as a bike of the year. You should fire us. Stop. <laughs> but, uh, but it's like, it's, it's like somehow we have to stay afloat. You know, we have to kind of keep, we have to keep the kind of things, kind of things rolling. So yeah, it's a good, good for us. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us out yeah. today. And, um, and with that, I think, uh, I think the wind's going to wreck our sound. We're going to yeah. have to redo everything or I'm going to just have to do sign language for the whole thing. Yeah. This is most when we had Trevor, all day. Do you know what you're going to do, Trevor? That's your job tonight. You're going to do the, um, what do they call it when they transcribe, you're gonna transcribe it and the, the, uh, well, the Bob. titles going across. Bob. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so. I'll do that. Uh. Anyway, Jason, thanks for having us out. Mike, yep. thanks yep. for Thank you. sitting and telling us some cool stories. Yeah. And, uh, with that, everybody will, uh, see you out in the trail. Trevor should have this edited up tonight. If not, there's no, you have to wait till next week. <laughs> see you. Cheers. If you like what you saw in this video, come check us out over at dirtbiketest.com on the webs. We have bike tests, product tests, a lot of fresh dirt, and you can even support us by clicking through our links. Hopefully we'll see you out in the trail.